The Comedy Store would like you to know that the views and opinions expressed on this podcast are strictly those of the speakers or authors and do not necessarily reflect or represent the views and opinions held by the Comedy Store and its affiliates. Good legend. Legend, you that's want, right. You want after me? I hope that's, yeah. water, yes. that's one of the waterproof ones. No, it's not. But it's God right. damn it, Eleanor. <laughs> How would I get a waterproof? <laughs> it's her fault. Guys, I, I spilled International it's International Women's Day, Day yesterday. So. But that's like chicks that like claim their birthday is like a month long. Yep. Like I don't. Four weeks ago, it was my fucking birthday. And this is how you're going to be, I you fucking can't. piece of shit. Four fucking short weeks ago, my birthday. <laughs> fucking Eleanor. <laughs> fucking Eleanor your, spilled Duncan's beer on her phone. your fucking phone underneath Eleanor Duncan's possessed beer. my body, pushed my hand in Just a way that I don't made believe my in bills. If you were like a mean girl and she was your boyfriend, you'd be like, you fucking loser. Why didn't you just get the one that's waterproof? Yep. <laughs> you're so fucking stupid. I told you. Why God, you're so lame. I told you. I told you. That's God, you're when so you're lame. You're cheap. That's why. <laughs> Guys, this is a comedy start podcast duncan you've already done this and so has joe but this is exciting to have you back on again joe uh, you were you're here for the the chaos of a doug stanhope and entourage yeah, right? That was, was a lot of people Ari's in here. Ari's storytelling <laughs> show was filming. And there was, oh. Sheeta, so there everybody was, like was here. 90 people in here. Anyone Stan <sighs> so Hope has fun. ever had a drink with. It was fun, though. <laughs> Everyone yeah. on Earth. The yeah. beautiful thing about Stan Hope is that like those it, with him, those situations are like a warm hug. Yeah. Like right. the, the chaos True. of the End of the World podcast. I would never put that fucking disaster oh show together God. with anybody else other than Stan Hope. But like with Stanhope, like Sarah Tiana came on. Yeah, let her argue with Bill Burr for half an hour. Yes, the she whole started thing, crying. The whole thing's like, fucking crazy. Happening? The podcast is gonna be crazy. It's Stanhope's idea. Stanhope and I came up with the idea. I basically let him do whatever the fuck he wants to yeah. do. He's got Hennigan back there throwing new people on stage every <laughs> yeah. five minutes. He's like, what is this? Like, what is this? It we was need, like WrestleMania. We need a lady. We need a lady out yeah. there. You, you need a lady. Why do you need a lady? <laughs> Who are you, the chef? I've Joe, been, I've been to Burning Man with Hennigan. He's awesome. He's really funny. Yeah, like, He's very smart. Very, yes. very, very smart oh guy. Oh, my God. Interesting, interesting guy. No, that's what. what's cool about Hennigan is he's like one of those camouflage people, which is that if you're an idiot, you can't see him. He's invisible. <laughs> Hennigan will be invisible to you if you're an idiot. That's so true. But if you have any, if you like you, if you've like done any, any amount of work, any kind of anything, then you suddenly realize, oh my God, fucking Hennigan. Holy shit. How lucky I am to hang out with this guy. He's, but like, he's, and he's also smart enough to realize how good Stanhope is and just let yes. him be Stanhope. Yeah. yeah. And just take care yeah. of everything. Take, I'll take care of Take care of all the bullshit. <laughs> You yeah. just work on your material. Yeah. Yeah. Douglas, you just be Douglas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that works, man. I mean, it but, works uniquely well for Doug. Like, I don't know anybody else that's gone into recluse, like, and then yeah. excelled. But also, I think yeah. with, with right? Hennigan... The yeah, co- you're right. The cool thing to, like, think about with Hennigan is this. Stanhope, we all know Stanhope. Stanhope yeah. is, like, a, a comedy god. Like, when many, many of us, when, when we think of, like comedy now like or or certainly me like i, I my my life has been changed by watching stanhope perform oh, see, seeing some of his sets is like i it sounds so cheeseball and weird you are it's, it's okay i am it is it's like literally healed parts of me he's Why? one of the best comics ever and he's our friend yeah you know, and he's so a that's good a friend. weird yeah. thing yeah. yeah but 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 think of this we know stanhope mm-hmm. but no not many people know hennigan so mm. here we have this man we be- blow up a spot 
Maybe we should settle down. He would not yes. like it. We're fucking up his, his action. I remember, He's uh, got to deal with it, though. That's a yeah. problem. Like, we can shine the light on Hennigan. Because the point is, he doesn't care. And the point is, like, there's what's interesting about Hennigan is he's the person in the background who's, like, a part of this, like, team that is producing this incredible art that's going into the universe. And Hennigan doesn't give a shit that people don't know who he is. Yeah. That's high level, if you ask me. That's pretty high level. And, and he, he basically just became his manager because Stan was like, hey, you're my manager. And he was like, okay. <laughs> Douglas, you need a manager. I'm Do- your man. I remember Burt Kreischer was shitting all over British humor and how awful it is. And he's going on about shitty British comics and he's going on and on and on. And Hennigan's just sitting there and he's like, this isn't bothering you? And Hennigan goes, I'm Scottish, you dick. I'm fucking Braveheart. <laughs> Braveheart, lass. I watch, this is one of my favorite moments in life is that I watched the finale of Game of Thrones at Burning Man with Hennigan <laughs> sitting wow. next to me. That's Did you strong. throw him in the fire? Like, I don't understand how exciting. It, do you, you just have to understand, like, the, the psychedelic quality of... You, you, how high were you? At Burning Man? Yeah. I don't do drugs at Burning Man. Wow, really? No one does anymore. Like, that's one of the weird misconceptions about Burning Man. A lot of Are people, you fucking with me? I'm not fucking with you at all. Like, a lot of people think that people go there and do, do psychedelics, you know, and they think that it's... This I is what that's all they do One there. of the things people will say about Burning Man <laughs> is that it's like a Dionysian... <laughs> Even Joe doesn't believe you. I think he's... I think he's... Yeah, it's totally it's a religious experience there. What's that? It's more of a religious experience. <laughs> it really isn't. Like it's Talking, what it's a I camp. It's camping. It's a bunch of friends camping together. Just sober, oh, straight edge I people. See. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's a bunch that's of people. Cool. We go camping. It's like a Christian camp. It's a Christian. Have you ever been camping, Ellen? No, no. You I'm an inner go. city kid. Come to Burning Man. What we do? We set up <laughs> our tents and like you know, you you basically walk around the desert for a few hours in the day, and then you go back. There's probably some Bible readings, or you nap a little bit, and then that's just it. You know what's crazy? Is that you? You everybody agrees to go somewhere where you know you're going to need an air filter. What? Like, like nobody goes, hey, hey, hey. Why don't we recreate this somewhere that doesn't suck? Like, yeah. why are we in this goddamn dust bowl? Okay, let me That's add how to, good let me, it is. let me add to that. So, oh boy. <laughs> so let me add to that. So here's you better what, not bring more of these lies. It's to not this. a lie, but here's what's yeah, really interesting it. about it is, holy shit, if we have the ability to like somehow get resources into a place that's absolutely dead, that means that we could potentially have civilizations living on other planets. So when you're at Burning Man, what you're really looking at is an experimental civilization that could theoretically, based on a non-existent technology, they could transport goods mm-hmm. to a place where there's no goods you realize that just people who have the resources can produce a utopian environment so burning man is kind of like what's interesting is a little weird little petri dish that that shows that it there is the potential for humans to live on other planets you that could, aren't hospitable to life you could survive on mars on just hash brownies Damn, i never thought of it that way well that's why elon musk hangs out there <laughs> elon, he, he elon came musk to the comedy store uh, yeah. a few months ago and what I liked about him was that at no point did he look at the stage while he was in the room <laughs> he what did he what was he looking at he just he was basically daydreaming about he was staring at he was with Johnny Depp's ex-wife uh, the more recent one you know what they and say he is just basically it, stared at her you know what they say you know have you ever heard Amber, the saying Amber have, you heard the, have you ever heard the saying yeah, that right. if you're sitting next to Johnny Depp's ex-wife your life is gonna get really great 
Dude, that's one of the oldest sayings. <laughs> one of the oldest sayings. <laughs> that's like a saying in Hollywood right now. Johnny Depp, giant Stanhope fan. Yes. Yeah, I was going yes. to say. Like buddies. They're Only like besties. Been here. So the, the Makes night, me jealous. The night really? of the, the Stanhope podcast down here <laughs> was the same night that she claimed Johnny Depp hit her. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah. When you saw that. No, 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 no. Yeah, when, because. When I saw her in the room with with uh, him, when they came as a couple, that was after. No, no, I meant, I meant the night Stanhope was podcast. down here podcasting. Oh. was the same night that. Oh, I thought you meant the night we did that show with Elon Musk in the no. audience. Because that was quite, quite a bit after. Yeah. Can I throw something out real quick? I you don't want to. You don't want to fuck with Elon Musk. Here's the thing. You don't want to fuck with Elon Musk. I'll this is what people. Well, why would you even think? But why would you even entertain that? What we should be thinking about is how lucky we are to live where there's a guy who's so fucking smart. People are letting drill holes under L.A. Yeah. They're like, yeah, you got it, dude. You, you bought got a drill it. machine. Like everybody just, just, <laughs> everybody it. just bows it's down. Go ahead. What are you gonna do? You gonna launch a rocket? Okay. Perfect. Don't tell anybody. Everybody back fuck up. Them. Let yeah. them think it's a UFO. He yeah. just launches cars. What I'm saying is. Okay, so when we think of body disposal, okay, why'd you like, look at me when you said whoa. that? Like I have to I'm, do I'm, that I'm a lot. talking Philly. about I'm talking about the history of body disposal about on mm-hmm. planet Earth. Mm-hmm. Right, we can bury them, we can liquefy them, we can incinerate them. Okay, we can feed them to pigs, but one thing that hasn't been accessible yet is to put the body into space in a car. So to be dating a person who has the ability to murder you. And send your corpse into space. Yeah. No one can ever do an autopsy on you. Ever. Yeah. You're, you're gone forever. Yeah, you're right. Oh, orbit like a satellite to launch you. Don't never be able to collect it. Don't fuck with Musk. Yeah. Don't fuck with Musk because he can mm-hmm. kill you. Like he could. Elon Musk could like. Add, add, you're add, talking about the the conspiracy theory that the guy who's in the space steering man. wheel is one of his enemies. Is one of Elon Musk's enemies. Yeah. If that was the case. <gasps> That would be, without doubt, Diabolical. the fuck Genghis Khan, oh, yeah. those oh, yeah. Viking pussies. <laughs> Any of those. He launched his enemy into fucking space yeah. and let everybody watch. Yeah. If that was really the case, Think if that was that. really the yeah. case, that might be the most gangster move a human's ever and, done. And, and we'll never find out. Might. And the, it is. And the conspiracy theory was, what I love is I told like, you in confidence. That, Sorry. That person would wake up and it says "Stay calm" on the dashboard. Yes, yes, yes. So they, they open their eyes and like, no, "What the fuck?" Everybody thinks that inside yeah. that thing is a purse, is a corpse, but really, what's inside that thing a is a thing person. that's connected to saline solutions that are giving it just enough fucking protein to keep it alive for like a year. Mm-hmm. And oh, a every whole year. And so the person is in this car and keeps coming to a little bit, and every time he wakes up, he sees or she on the dashboard. Stay calm. Stay. Come, yeah. here. I gotta go. Just go. Sorry. All right. I'm, I'm Joey, going on stage any moment now. Thank you. I'll yes. See you after your set. I'll see you afterwards. I'll come down if you guys are still here. Yeah, right. come yeah. hang I'll, with I'll us. be back in like 20 minutes. You'll be here. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll run. And up. then Rick will have to go. Yeah, because oh, we'll swap out. Yeah. I'll come up when I bring you. I'll come down. Cool. You're amazing. Um, Fun times, kids. Joe Fun Rogan, time. guys. Thank you. Oh, he was just giving Joe the light, basically. Yeah. Duncan, so you have all these crazy ideas still, and I love that about you. You know, Duncan. Still, what do you mean? Like you thought they would go away? No, Someone. I guess so I guess I thought you would. Uh, I don't you, know. What would happen? Like they would evaporate. No, Duncan, you know, someone listen. Listen to the the first Comedy Store podcast you did, and uh, it was a friend of mine from college, and he was really into. We kind of talked philosophically about how maybe we don't even exist, and we're just <laughs> perfect. Uh, you know, part of someone's science experiment or whatever. Yeah. 
And so they were saying to me, have you ever thought about what if all these people are just part of your imagination and yeah. you're unconscious? And I say, yeah, I guess it's possible. And he said, did you ever think about how much uh, more interesting the people you met are after you did psychedelics in college? Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, because I moved out here when I was 21. Mm-hmm. And they said, you think Duncan Trussell would exist if you hadn't tried acid in college? Mm-hmm. And I said... Like I'm a projection of you. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, this I is... I think I need to do drugs just to be smart yeah. enough to talk to both of you. Well, I mean... Do you, you sh- think I'd be smarter if, first I, talk, of all, okay. if I did psychedelics? I mean, first I'm of all, a Eleanor, a person like you, saying, <laughs> implying that you're not smart, is am, one of but- your... That's one of your tricks. Yep. Okay. So a really smart person. She's drawing us in. A really smart person will say they're not smart. That's one. Of, that's one way you know. It's a, a big re- trick. Of one, mine. one way you you can be sure you're around a real dummy. That's Socratic. Is they'll tell you you're fucking smart. Yeah. They'll tell you they're smart. But like, so so you're brilliant. And so the, thank the, you. The concept of like you doing psychedelics to to. But that's what I'm saying. I mean, I'd be more open. Maybe I guess that's what I'm trying to. Yeah, say. Yeah. Well. Well. Yeah. Psychedelics are, in my opinion, a human. A human rights issue. People say that. Yeah, I'm serious. That's like what you're it not is. the yeah, only. It's person a human that says rights that. issue, which is that we ha- we we should be allowed <laughs> to uh, do whatever we want with our bodies, and we should be allowed, if we want to, to uh, ingest or smoke or snort things that transform <laughs> our consciousness, and that's a human Higher levels. That's a human right. Like the idea yeah. that the state. But, but before we get to that, let me tell you guys something crazy that I found out recently. Because I got lucky. This apartment, this house that I'm renting, it came with a fucking hot tub, right? <gasps> Insane. Awesome. I've never had a I've never had a hot tub in my life. It's one of the coolest things ever. But the hot tub can only could only go up to 104 degrees because there is a federal law about hot tub temperatures. So in the United States, if your hot tub is 105 degrees, mm-hmm. you are committing a federal offense. Good. Well, people so, can <laughs> die, correct? Good. Yeah. Well, it's no, because no. people can die? Well, I mean, I, it's I, not 100 degrees Celsius, so it's not, it's Fahrenheit. Oh, oh, okay. So, so no, think in terms of this. Like, yeah, of course people can you die. You wouldn't die, but... It, no, you could die. No, you can. You Who could, but, but you'd have I to I mean, there's there a reason why time. they don't even let children in a hot tub, who are, a regular who are, hot they, tub. Who are they? Okay, they the are... powers that be? I don't know, I was a lifeguard, so... The point is that we are comfortable right now living in a world where a group of people can tell us mm-hmm. how hot the temperature of <laughs> pools of water in our backyard yeah. should be. Well, probably one person died. So who cares? Exactly. How many people I'm have died you. driving or smoking? I'm with you, but you, they, they call law. They they do law. They do come have, up with lawsuits and they sue the city, and then everybody has to fucking any idea change. how hot Elon Musk's hot tub is. <laughs> 156 <laughs> degrees always. You know what I've heard about Elon Musk's hot tub, which is really interesting. I, I, he I wish he was attracted to me because I would be able to videotape there. But he'd be into it. This is like he, a, he wouldn't be into This me. is a rumor. This is a rumor that floats around Burning Man about him. put his elderly tub. woman in his fucking hot tub. Yeah, go ahead. So the Musk rumor about Elon Musk's hot tub and 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 Elon, if you're listening, forgive me for like spreading this. I'm sorry if it's Elon, not true. I'm open if you're fan. interested. Long time listener, first time caller. Here's the rumor. <laughs> the rumor is that Elon Musk's hot tub is not heated in the normal way, which is using gas. Sure. It's heated using 
some kind of like weird particle accelerator thing. So like his hot tub is a particle accelerator. So most hot tubs are circular. Right. So going around the hot tub is actually an atom smashing beam. And the smashing of the atoms is heating the mm. hot tub. Now, that's whatever. It sounds kind of boring. But here's where it gets weird. If you're sitting in Musk's hot tub, you are simultaneously disintegrated and reintegrated which means that the moment you slide into Musk's hot tub you die but are so instantaneously reformed you don't even that you know. don't know the death oh. happened you don't even know but he brings you back the way he wants you well if that's he, one of the no i i now this is just right the, the thing you just said is what many people at burning man say yeah i don't i don't agree with that i think that he allows it the cycle to repeat as it is. So I think he's like, knows mm. that the reformation process, it just keeps you the way you are. But he knows that through that consistent disintegration and reintegration, some kind of hype revolution happens. But listen, I, I get it. You're not supposed to talk about how you clearly work for him. And that's <laughs> that's the sales pitch that they're throwing out there to society. But are you going to do that? What I know is this. I think it's amazing. Hold on. Wait. Are I'm you, so proud he makes of you. you better. Are he you, makes you better. Are you going to do that, Rick? Look, what? I've got diabetes. Right. What I want to do is get into his hot tub and have him bring me back without. I want to eat fucking cake and I want to eat pie and there's only one man in this world who can do it. Well, what are you Musk. doing in a few months? I, <laughs> looking to looking to get into the come to Burning Man. With can me. he bring <laughs> okay, me I'm back listening. as a better person? What can he bring I'm me listening. back as a better person? Like forget what, illnesses. What, Eleanor, what? So what would I, like? Here's one of I the mean, best just, people I've ever. Here's known. the fun, but I have some but, anger in there, and I but I want anger is not a bad thing. That's me, real. I want to oh, throw okay. out a podcast question. Before I, we probably covered every episode, in, but go ahead. I'm interrupting Rick after he said. The ultimately profound thing, which you, you you can't get past what you just said, so I acknowledge that. But I would like to say, I would like to say to you, Eleanor. Yes, Duncan. If you, Duncan trusts the ladies and gentlemen, what's the perfect Eleanor look like? What's the perfect well, the per- look if, like? If you could no, not look physically or or physically. Tell us what the perfect Eleanor what's is. What's the perfect version of you? Like if, in so, your mind, uh, like a little better, like better at life. <laughs> is that weird? Like just a little bit better at life. So describe you what mean? that would look like. Um, like uh, the ability to um make things happen properly without a, a million things going wrong so give us a specific example yeah, of a time specific. a million things went wrong like uh, the, the latest just, time that you tried to do a thing where a million things went wrong you mean like when i was leaving tonight and everything fell off my desk and because of one little thing fell out and so the entire thing so collapsed. Your desk collapsed yeah so it's just on the floor so why i have anger issues so i broke a lot of the things that fell off well but before and we get I to you here, before we get to you breaking the things that fell off the question would be, why do you think the things falling off your desk was wrong? Because um, God hates me. No, there is no God. I'm sorry. So, because the universe hates me. So, so you think the universe hates you? Yeah. So I was going to see if Elon could help the universe like change their mind. Maybe I go there, I let them feel me up. I don't know what what it, it is. Swap it. Wait, hold on. I just, I know this is a comedy podcast, but I. And, and comedy store podcast. comedy store podcast yeah it doesn't have to be funny so yeah you, so I, I there's a lot of unfunny so, in here and and forgive me <laughs> are you joking that you think the universe hates you or is that something that sometimes pops in your mind no no it pops in my mind a lot okay okay so here's what's cool about that what you are is and Negative. you don't you don't even realize it you are actually probably one of the most devoutly religious people living on planet earth because you believe 
that. Uh, and there's a few of them. I met some. I met these people. Except the the, the difference is they believe the universe loves them. But oh. but the point is that you you've already established in your mind that one the universe has some kind of ability to hate, which means there's a godhead. You've imagined ah. that there is some some total universal intelligence that has made the decision to hate you, and which means that you've already established a theistic uh, relationship with the universe. Or, or or another way to put it is that you've created a kind of like hierarchical intelligence system where there's like some supreme intelligence that in its unfolding into time when it made Eleanor yeah. it was like mother fuck yeah. god damn it we gotta get shit off her desk but the point the point, the point the, but the, the, ASAP let's collapse that bitch yeah yeah, yeah let's go but, but the essence of you your you've seen how many pictures are on that thing I know. it just I, fell I, down but what, what animals you, on the floor oh, everybody's no. on the floor so, so, so one of the great one of the great examples that's, that I've heard and related to this conception that you have is that uh so a, a baby gets a fucking like pill bottle full of Vicodin, and it's cool. Like I guess for babies, let's leave my baby out of this. <laughs> babies are kind of dumb. So if, okay. like a, if a baby has a, if a baby has a pill bottle full of Vicodin, yeah, it's a rattle. So sure. now the baby yeah. can like rattle the Vicodin. Yay. Now if the baby can get the pill bottle open, smart baby, it's gonna eat those fucking Vicodin and it's gonna die. So when the parent Why? takes the Vicodin away from the baby. The baby starts crying, and the baby, maybe in some primordial pre-language sense, would be like, "My mommy hates me." Right. <laughs> so, in the same way, when a person, when things every are, episode, someone does that same when, shtick. When a person, when things are knocked off, the, I know. Well, I've read, listen, I <laughs> no, but you're absolutely right. It's when a person, when a, th- when a thing is, when a person, when a thing is knocked off the desk, thinks to themselves, "The universe hates me." It really could just be that you aren't aware of exactly what the universe or what God has planned for you. Do you and believe in God? Absolutely, of course, yeah. Since when? I've believed in God since f- for, for, for a very long time. <laughs> I don't talk I didn't to, know that. I, I really The difference didn't. is I was trying to be fashionably cynical, so like I went through a period of trying to be really cool. <laughs> oh, that's, by that's a great name for a podcast. Fashionably cynical? Yeah. Yes. No, I went through a period of just like be feeling embarrassed because like – I couldn't get away from like a sense of connection with a thing that was so beautiful and perfect and was like, to me, it's like the idea that when I moved to Los Angeles, I was like living with this fucking, uh, an actual crackhead. Like I, like I, 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 so, so like when I moved to Los Angeles, I, uh, of course, went right to Venice Beach because when I was Perfect. a teen in high school, I'd watch the Doors movie. Yeah, great. And movie. so I go to Venice Beach, completely like as dumb as you can be, having watched the Doors movie, thinking like this is going to be the coolest place. Where you're going to have I'm your gonna get a rooftop, yeah, yeah. abode. I'm going to. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like I'm, I'm, I'm and, and I'll and I'll tell you something I've never said, and I've done a bunch of podcasts, I've never said this, but I, I will tell you guys because I love you both and I love the Comedy Store possibly one of the most embarrassing moments of my life now there's been two really embarrassing moments one of them i think is like less embarrassing because i was a kid and who gives a shit right i got in trouble when i was like in the second grade and like the teacher made me stand behind a desk while all the kids went to recess and i had to pee and she had told me don't leave the desk and so i pissed myself and i remember standing behind the desk feeling like like looking down at my jeans they've become like a sprinkler for piss and i'm looking at piss pour out my jeans it was embarrassing but i'm in the second grade so it's like you, you're, you're Shit happens, yeah. semi-aware you're gonna piss your pants now i will tell you like something very embarrassing 
So I, I get to I get to LA, right? Okay. I'm just out of liberal arts college. I'm driving to fucking LA because I've been watching like the do- I've been reading Kerouac, I've been watching The Doors. I have this romantic idea of LA. I get to LA, I get out on the fucking Venice Pier, right? And you know what I do? Take a shit. I call my, my oh. I piss my pants. I don't know. I don't know. I call my mom. Proud. That's amazing. And I say to her, Mom, I'm standing on the edge of the Venice Pier. Now, if you think about a mother's reaction, yeah, knowing that her son has in his bank approximately seven thousand dollars that he jump. inherited yeah. from his grandmother's death. Proudly calling to say he's standing on the edge of the Venice Pier after he's accrued $20,000 of debt being at a liberal arts college. <laughs> that is not the call you want from No, she's like, oh, no. She's like, here it is. She didn't, she didn't foresee. That no, money's not going to be enough to cover. A, she thinks, you know, the end of falling down with Michael Douglas is going on. If you have the slightest sense of um, decorum, and anyone calls you. Oh, absolutely. And tells you proudly that they're standing at the edge of the Venice Pier. Yeah. The best thing you can do well. is hang up the phone. Like, don't say anything. Just pretend the connection's bad and hang up. Yeah. Just no. don't talk to them. It's an embarrassment to really? be that sentimental if you ask me. Oh, I see what you're saying. So, the, so, so anyway, to get back to the idea of the existence. That's not that embarrassing. I think that pissing your pants is more. Well, thank you for your compassion. But to get back to, <laughs> to, to, get back, to, get back to the, the existence of God. So what happened is I end up living in this fucking, with a, like, I, so I'm walking, I'm literally, after going to the Venusphere, I'm walking up the street. And somehow I get in a conversation with a Guatemalan man in his yard. <laughs> And he's like, are you looking for a place to rent? Oh. And I'm like, yeah. It's a sign. And he's like, my son is renting a place. And so suddenly I start renting a place for $600 a month in Venice. And the son is literally. Smoking crack. A crackhead. Hitting them rocks. And so he, so he has a friend who at one point said to me, hey, do you want to ride with me to go cop a rock? And I didn't know what he meant. Oh, but shit. I wanted them to think I was cool. So I was like, yeah, I want to cop a rock. And so we go around the corner. He pulls in front of this fucking house. And running out of the house is, in my life, I have never seen an angrier black man. I don't know why he's angry. I don't know what upset him. But he comes running. Like, if you've ever seen, like, videos of the trapdoor spiders popping out and grabbing things and pulling them in, it was that level of, like, elemental fury. He comes racing down the steps to this guy. He's screaming at us, screaming into the car. Motherfucker, you motherfucker. My friend gives him money. He throws crack at my friend, like he's th- like he's stoning a woman in in, in, in <laughs> Israel in biblical yeah. times, and then we drive off. My heart's like pounding because I'm like, if a cop pulls me over, and I say okay. to him, "Dude, I didn't know what cop in a rock meant." Yeah, he's gonna be like, "Shut the fuck up, you fucking!" You're, yeah, he's gonna think you gotta I'm, get the fuck out of LA. He's gonna think I'm yeah. sucking this guy's dick. Yeah. So to get but to get back to the existence of God. Uh, so anyway, the point is, this guy you didn't get pulled over, so that's no, why you believe in that's God. That's not it. Oh. This, this crackhead takes me on a tour of Hollywood and he takes me in his car and we drive by the comedy store and he's like that's the comedy store and I look at the building and I think man that's a cool building and what year dr- is this 
This is like late 90s. Okay. We drive by the House of Blues. He's like, dude, he's talking about everything like it's like Thor's hammer. He's like, <laughs> that's like the fucking House of Blues. That's where it all goes down. So, but anyway, the point is, the money I inherited from my grandmother ran out, of course. Oh, easily. And so I'm, I'm like, shit, I got to get a job. And I remembered in my mind, that comedy store, man, that building looked cool. And the like, vortex. Yeah. And so I went to the comedy store. And like I can remember walking by the building and touching it. And you can make fun of me as much as you I'm want. Not, I'm not. I'm just... But I felt it. And it was saying, come in here. And I went in with this stupid resume. And I started sending the manager of the comedy store my prank phone calls that I made in college, thinking that somehow this would land me a fucking Sign this job. Guy, yeah. And I'll finish this long, dumb rant. No, no, like, I love it. This, this is, is one what of the we need to know. This like is how one you of the reasons here. I believe in God. Okay. Is, uh, so the long, dumb rant is I'm sitting, I don't want to be a comedian at the time. Oh, wow. And nothing has changed. And I'm sitting at the... <laughs> <laughs> Finally, the first person to admit it. Finally. So, so I'm sitting... I'm sitting. So the only I'm, one who fell into comedy and is stuck with it. I'm sitting at the phones. Just You doing, got hired to be on the phones I'm first. on the phones. And I, the phone rings. And they've told me, when Mitzi calls, don't fuck it up or you're fired. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the phone rings. And it's Mitzi. And she's like, send me out to Kamori. And I'm like, uh, and, but then she's like, oh, you're the new phone guy. Do you want to be a comedian, honey? <laughs> and I go, no, I, I don't think I do. And she goes, well, you never know. <laughs> And then I sent it up to Corey, and then I got sucked in to the just cy- from that. That was to the, the devil. cyclone that this place is. Yeah. And because of that, now I get to live uh, a really cool life, and that is why I believe in God. Because interesting, when, when I consider, I didn't know that was your. That's the story. How you got here? But when I consider like the the sheer, the pure random chaos the randomosity the the pure like just the purity of every single when you think about like if i hadn't been walking down that street i wouldn't have met the guy the guy wouldn't have brought me by the comedy store right if i hadn't walked by the building and touched it and felt the thing if there's all so so to me when i see those kinds of things i think we're looking at these like deep primordial gears that form the structure of the universe and that's what i think god is so I, and, Interesting. Like yeah. I, you don't believe like God is just. I don't know what happened to me, but I kind of tagged out on that. You, I, I think, used to be a real avid. I think you're caught up in in biblical Christian God, yeah. and he's talking more. I think just about the, the reality of something more powerful than us. That's it. Yeah, yeah. sure. There's got to be something. It's not. You know, it's not as the Bible states it to be. Okay, just, hold on. Then, <laughs> wait, no, hold on, Rick. Look, look. This is the, no, wait. This is the thing I've been wanting to get into too with you for since I've been here. Okay, and I'm glad I you brought it up. I'm very Catholic to an extent. <laughs> yeah, and, so and I, I will know help that. this. Thank you. Yeah. But one thing, Rick, and I love you, man. You're obviously a genius. We have a. I love you. I really do love you. But you're fucking <laughs> the calm before the storm. The way you hate God <laughs> makes me. I don't hate it. You listen, hate. You hate. All no. I'm listen saying, to. I don't even listen believe to, it. Listen to it. All I'm saying is okay. But wait, can I stop you there? I'm sorry to interrupt. Very quickly, one thing I like yeah. about what you just said is there's you said three three words, and I love. Well, no, you said I don't even believe in it. You said whatever. You said some. Yeah. I, I, I still am fucked up when it comes to counting. But the main thing, <laughs> the main thing that I love that you said, Matt, is him. Yeah. Because one thing I will tell you, Rick. It is uh, the it's day after heat. National For Women's sure. Day. Duncan, calm down. That's man. the only thing I know, and I don't believe in him, but I know it's a him. 
No question about it. You know what? I'm I believe. To forgive you then. I believe that it's a him as well. I'm not falling for this dishwalla bullshit. I believe that it's a him as well because nobody can fuck shit up like a yeah. him, and that's a him made all this mess. Women so, are clearly yeah. the devil. Wait a minute. That's not what I meant, Rick. I don't think that you... Here's one thing I, I would say, Rick. And, 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 you know, right now, this probably isn't a politically correct thing to say. But I think to say that women are the devil yeah. is to underestimate the power of Lucifer. Oh, that's and, true. And, 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 Rick, wait, before... Are you, you saying that, that Lucifer is not powerful? Rick, before you step out of here, one thing I want to thank you for... Yeah, yeah don't worry. thank you for wait. teaching me to love Lucifer. Because from that love... So many great things have come into my life. Hey, I, I'm just here to lead. I'm here to lead people to the darkness. That's what I, I do. I like it. I like. Have it. a great set, dude. Thank Kill you. it, and then tell Joe to come back down right. with a uh, Stone IPA. One for me too. Oh, that's what I meant. Uh, yeah. <laughs> is that terrible? Eleanor? It's so great to see you, Duncan. It is so great to you're see my you. Family. I'm like so happy that you're back. Yeah, and we had you. so much fun here. And we, like, you just brought up the phone thing. I don't remember how you got hired. I just know you just appeared. Like, I didn't hire you. Who was the manager that hired you? Uh, it was, uh, I think it was Robert, Red, da Robert Rob Davies. Davies. Rob Davies hired me. Yeah. And then Red Rob was here, or was it uh, what's his name, Brandon? I don't Duncan. remember. It was just Rob Davies got me in. And, okay. And then that was that was like it's so weird. How did you start doing comedy though? Like, well, what happened was so I'm obviously Mitzi you know, you know it's put Freddy. you under Fred, a spell. No, it's Freddie Soto. Oh shit! I told you that story, right? I think so. Freddie Soto. You have to retell it. I'll, I'll retell it, and I think I may have told it on this podcast. I'm sorry if you guys have heard this before, but so what happened was I ended up becoming the runner. So no, so what happened was. I was working in the uh, original room cover booth. Oh, and so, yeah. if, you know, when a comic comes up to talk to you in the cover booth, it's a big deal. Yeah. Because now you're getting to talk to a comic and it's a big deal. And, and you've been seeing these people's art and you know they're artists. Yeah. And you respect them at this like intense level. One of my favorites was Sue Costello. Do you remember her? Yes. Okay. So Sue Costello, when you became the talent coordinator, she goes, I'm so glad I was nice to Duncan because he could really fuck me over. There were many people who were <laughs> shitheads to me. who and I, she was not. Who I didn't fuck over okay. because of because because I really didn't have any control. Mitzi did. But the but Freddie came up to the cover booth. <laughs> and and man, that guy. I know. He beamed love, man. And he, he, <laughs> he had the best smile you've ever seen. You've, you've never seen a better smile and you've never heard a better laugh. And oh you've never God. seen like the like in his eyes. See, he's a true comedian. So in his eyes, it's chaos. It's Loki. It's like the, yeah. it's the, it's the vortex of comedy mixed in with like this incredible performer. So for a, a, somebody just, you know, if I met Picasso, if I met any kind of great artist, I'm gonna be shit in my pants. So this, so so this guy's standing next to me in the cover booth, and I, I, I like, because I'd been doing prank calls in college, and that's as close as, I, as I'd ever come to doing comedy. So I, uh, I which start, I love, by the way, I, I love prank calls. I start thinking, oh yeah, I'll just fuck with. Him. I mean, all I could do to relate to this brilliant human is to like start fucking with him. So I start saying to him like, Freddie, you know, man. My sister, she's really, she's really beautiful, and I know this sounds crazy, but I would like you to fuck my sister. Oh, good. And Freddie looks at me, and at first he thinks I'm serious, and like you see, there's this beautiful moment where you can see Freddie thinking in his mind, "I wonder if his sister's hot." <laughs> 
I you do know, like white girls. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's a moment processing oh, yeah. in his mind yeah. that you would have if anyone said that to you, followed by the realization <laughs> that this asshole is making a stupid joke about wanting this comedian to fuck his sister. And I got the Freddie Soto laugh. And now I've made a comedian. Oh. Now I made a comedian laugh. If that laugh is so oh. contagious, oh. it was sickening. So 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 then what happened was I became the runner. And so I'm driving the comedy store van around <laughs> Always with Freddie. He's training me. He's training me to be the runner. Uh, and he didn't need to do that. But he so suddenly I'm riding around in the van with Freddie. <laughs> he was decided I'm Freddie had decided I was funny. Yeah. So I'm now I'm pumping gas and Freddie walks out of the comedy store van and he says to me, Duncan, why don't you be a comedian? And I said to him, no way, dude. I was like, no, I don't think so. He's like, Duncan. What do you want to do? Do you want to go to graduate school for 10 years? He's like, if you do comedy for 10 years, you know, you might be able to start making money doing comedy. And that was a moment in my life where time froze. Like time literally, it was like time stopped. Oh, wow. It was a flashbulb moment. I'm looking at it. And this is a sincere moment with him. And I'm looking at him. And I think to myself, yeah, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot because he's right. Why the fuck would I go to graduate school for 10 years and spend all that money when Holy I'm already shit. at this artist colony and I get three minutes every Sunday to, to do, which, which would do. Which, I know that just sounds crazy, but, but you're right. I at hear the time, what you're those saying. three minutes was an infinity. Yeah. And so then I went on stage for three minutes and I got off stage after the first time I ever did stand up and I passed you and you said to me, <laughs> I don't know what that was, but it wasn't comedy. <laughs> And that's, that was when that's I, about right. And that was when I was inducted to the comedy store. <laughs> and that's what the comedy store is. And that's what's so beautiful about it. Because had I walked off stage <laughs> and you had said to me, "That was great," oh, Duncan, oh, I would never lie to anyone. What a, but what a fucked up thing to do to a person <laughs> to let me live in that state to give me positive feedback for whatever trash I was, pour, was pouring. Do you remember what kind of trash was coming out of you? I was. Trying, I don't remember. I was probably fucking with you. Because I wouldn't normally do that. So I probably liked, uh, liked you and thought, oh, this guy's one of us. What, I could fuck with no, this guy. No, Eleanor. It's very you, rare you, you people are, that I fuck no, with. You are a force. <laughs> and you are powerful. And you're, you, you, you may be one of the people in the world who, and I don't know for sure, who, and it, I think that because you say the universe hates me. So when someone tells me that, then I think, oh, they're underestimating their power. And you know, in Sun Tzu's Art of War, they say... Uh, if you're going to get into a battle, you should know the battlefield. Yeah. And, and and so to underestimate your power is a really it, – it's like – it's not – it's strategically, it's it's not a great thing. That being said, you underestimate your power. So the elemental force of Eleanor Kerrigan <laughs> saying to you, I don't know what that was, but it wasn't comedy, is an apocalypse. Oh, I thought it was just a cunt. And no, okay. it's, it's the great, it's, it's, I've been around, <laughs> but it's who I am. And that's what I do. I would fuck with people. Like even Ingram, when I first met Ingram, I was shit all over. For some reason, I felt he could take it. There's a million people I meet that I would never do that to. This is the teaching. You understand though? And that's what we do to each other here. Yeah. And, 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 and when people witness it, they but think, you got to feel that from another person that they're going to be able to withstand it. The only you. person that ever couldn't withstand it was Bobby Lee because he's a weak person. Bobby? Look how cool. Yeah. Bobby's weak. You think Bobby's a weak person? Bobby Lee and I didn't talk for 17 years. We 
mend it our differences on this podcast. Wow. We had two podcasts. And the reason is because I did that to him in the beginning thinking he was one of us. And he got mad at you forever. He wouldn't. He didn't know how to handle me. <sighs> See, he thought uh, I was just a crazy witch that wanted to ruin his him. career. Hurt him. He really believed that I was trying to hurt his career. I go, Bobby, I wouldn't think of you outside of here. I, I have a few in my life. <laughs> and that's me, but you know what I'm saying. I'll like, tell you this. In my life, I have a few moments that I consider to be like big teaching moments when it comes to different things. And so when it comes to comedy, there's been a few big teaching moments for me. One of them was Freddie pumping gas. <laughs> One of them Which was Mitzi saying to me, you gotta know everything, honey. <laughs> And like and 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 to say that to a person on one level you hear something like that, like, what are you talking about? But to really understand what that means, which is you your heart needs to be connected with everything yeah. in the universe yep. if you want to be a comedian. Yep. You gotta know everything, honey. She was giving me this gift, but she Certainly. was giving it to, to a dummy. Who, well, the way, I mean, not at the time. What I'm saying, I, is, I see what you're saying. At the time, she was you didn't planting, understand a, she it. Was planting a seed in me. Yeah. And so, so that was a big moment for me, and I never forget it. And that other big moment was walking off stage <laughs> and you good. being like, whatever that was, was not God comedy it. because it wasn't. <laughs> and so, like, no matter what, whatever you want to think about your reasons or whatever, I'm just saying, yeah, this is, I a, hear what you're saying. Though. It was one of the great moments of, of my comedic evolution because it was like, you were right. It wasn't comedy. Do you remember what you talked about? No, I, I remember what I was trying to do. Oh, okay. Which is that I'd been listening to, um, lo-fi nineties, Sebado style stream of consciousness, hyper purity uh, music. And what I was trying to do was to be like what what I was and, and I, I really if I could put it into italics trying to do <laughs> was I was trying to be real. Got it. And in trying to be real, what I was really doing was trying to imitate some artists that had moved me. And so what was coming out of me was a kind of pseudo intellectualism desperate attempt to skip over the many many years it takes of being annihilated on stage to come to some point where you can just say where you're really at or you can at least ride the wave of who you are at that moment on stage and so that's what i was doing and so it was bullshit as it just should be if you get on stage and the first time you're on stage you just are great at comedy yeah that's weird that's no, I don't even think it's it's weird. I think it's like it's not it's a, I, I, I mean, I imagine like in some like way that they say there's reincarnated people who can play. Yeah. Or beginner's luck. Because anybody that does really well, because there are a few I've seen where it's like, oh, wow, that was your first time, you know, and yeah, you did sure. really well. You got a big laugh, whatever. And then all of a sudden the lessons start happening yes. and then the real you or whatever it is starts to come out yeah. and then you start bombing and bombing and that's yeah. where the more growth and it eventually has comes to around. happen. Yeah. The bombing has to happen. The beating to, has to the, happen. You need the beating. Yeah. You need the beating. And, Absolutely. And, 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 and on top of the beating, you need people around you who can convey to you the beating <laughs> that you took. Yeah. So that, so you don't just want the beating because if you, if you get the beating, then when you get off stage, you can be delusional and pretend Ugh, that you weren't, you that. didn't get a beating. Yeah. 
But but and as you get better at comedy, one of the things you get better at doing is knowing you took a beating and what it becomes a little less severe in the sense that you are like, oh, I, I kind of know why I took a beating there. Like, I know when I was running that wave where I pushed too far, too hard or whatever. But in the beginning, you need people to say to you, what the fuck was that yeah. so people that, did it to me yeah and it hurts your you. ego and it and it shapes you and it forms you and that's what was one of the i think the beautiful aspects of the way mitzi was forming and shaping comedians is that she understood that um the the principle of um if you're building a statue out of stone you have to have a chisel and a hammer and you have to fucking break the stone into pieces to build the statue. Yeah. And she understood that. Yeah. And so when she was doing lineups, as when I was the talent coordinator, <laughs> one of the hilarious things that she would do <laughs> is if someone had just broken up, Shama Tash and John Caparulo. Oh, it was my favorite thing she would do. They dated. I don't know how long they dated. They dated for a little bit. I don't. It was I, a pretty bad breakup too, though. They had a rough breakup. Yes. And Mitzi knew they were dating, and immediately after they broke up, the lineup changed. And now it was either John Caparulo bringing up Shama Tash <laughs> or Shama Tash bringing up John Caparulo. She did it to uh, Kelly Kirsten and Larry Vazios and any anybody that dated or anybody that had beef. Like as long as the fight didn't go too yeah. heavy, like I believe in my heart that she would have done that with Joe and Carlos for a while. Oh sure, but they went behind her back. Everybody says, "Oh, Mitzi took uh, Carlos aside." No, she didn't. She would have done that. Just what you said. She would have never taken a side on either of this. Yes, because Carlos did grow up here. Uh, not that any of us are happy about that, but he did. You know, he worked for her, and he she changed his name, yeah. all that shit. But she didn't take his side. They did. Like Paulie and Tommy did that. Right. That was their decision. Right. To but she would have done it. That was her way of squashing things, well, getting people to deal with each other. Mitzi, like, what Mitzi was, and I will always think of her as a true gangster. Mm -hmm. So when oh, I when, when shit, I think yeah. we were talking about Elon Musk sending people into space, no, like literally, like you know, like I mean, literally, like in the sense <laughs> of like if yeah. you met like Al, uh, if you met like uh, Al Capone, yeah, she Mitzi was a, a gangster. And, and and that was just who she was. So mm -hmm. and is a gangster. Yes. I'm sorry to say it in the past tense. Mitzi is a, a, a my, I saw her today, so my, she's still gangster. She's still gangster. Forgive me, Mitzi. I'm sorry to say <laughs> it in the past tense. You know what I mean. She know. But like yeah, so she was a, 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 a she, and and by that what I mean is she was a revolutionary. Yeah. Is a revolutionary. And by that I mean she was somebody who had found a truth that probably not many people understood. And she has to, ha when she was doing the lineups, she had to have the guts to create these lineups in a way that when people saw them from the outside, they might not understand them. Absolutely. Because her reasoning was never to enter, was, I think, I mean, I'm throwing this out here, but I think that when, when we were prior. No, but you worked with her long enough to understand. She loves comedians. Yes. And so artists. I, so when I have to throw an, throw out what she was doing and it's something and what i love about her is, is she's a guru and what i love about her is that 
a guru you're never going to understand. You're right. always going to roll around in your head. What was she doing? What was it? Was it real? Was it false? Why would was it, was she it, put it? a nonchalably on? I don't understand. But right. That was her thing. Yeah, but but whatever the thing it was that she was doing, I know this. It was based on her <laughs> love of comedians. And I think her love of comedians, and forgive me, Mitzi, or anyone listening to this who thinks differently. I, I mean this with all due respect, and I, I'm sorry if I'm wrong. And maybe it's the same Karen, thing. You don't have to apologize. I think her love of comedians in some way preceded her love of the audience. And so when she was like, forming shows or maybe she knew that by loving the comedians the show would be a projection of her of her love to the audience oh but one thing i know for sure is that it was all about love yeah and it but it wasn't about bullshit love yeah bullshit love is where you see your child with a vicodin (laughs) and you let your child eat the vicodin because you're like baby can do what he wants oh yeah real love that's uh, is to pull the bottle away from the child and let the baby cry so that it doesn't kill itself right so when you say the universe hates you i would say that your relationship to the universe is a relationship of probably not quite understanding what love looks like, which is that it doesn't look like convenience. It doesn't look like pleasure. It doesn't look like bliss all the time. It doesn't look like comfort. Love transcends all those things. And sometimes love looks like the apocalypse. Oh, I know. I've dated him. (laughs) (laughs) He's the wrestler. (laughs) Are you talking about the wrestler, the apocalypse? I fucking love that guy. I love that. He's badass. I forgot about that. The apocalypse, Um, the guy with the the, the huge nipples. (laughs) The amazing thing about the apocalypse is his nipples are not only like the largest nipples in wrestling, but he's had them like modified to look like lighthouses. Oh my God, that's amazing. I wasn't even thinking of him, but now I am. You haven't told them you dated the apocalypse, the wrestler? No, no, no. Guys, you should know this. I did not, but I like it. Oh, she's gonna hide it. All right, Google, maybe I shouldn't Google hide it. it. You're Google right. It, Google yeah, it. you can Google his it. His nipples look. What's really his nipples look like lighthouses. And at the very top of the nipples, what was crazy about him is he had installed two Christmas lights. And so, yeah. like, so it was when, like a penis, like an extra. It was a glowing cock. Yeah. rising out of his chest. Which is so when he phenomenal. was when he was like submitting someone and when he was beating someone the lighthouses would glow yeah and that was how you knew that the apocalypse it's how you won. turn on your heart light yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> and that's what it's all about eleanor <laughs> turning on that heart light and i try to turn on my heart light i just say my i guess my love has always been messy so that's how my uh, well i i think that what that it's it, so it's like the idea is like, i did stop going to church i mean i remember i used to make fun of rogan he would say things about God and church and Catholicism and organized yeah. religion, and I would always back up and go, "You're going to burst in the flames. Get away from me." So yeah, yeah. So so like you you, you see the sun rises. You're sitting on the beach with your friends. You've been up all night. You're maybe you're on MDMA. You're on mushrooms. You see the sunrise, and it's I the don't most do drugs, Duncan. Well, you will now okay. that we we're going to start hanging out. I but cannot this, wait. I'm just joking. I don't no, do no, them. no. I, I think I, I should. I don't do them. I'll never do them again. But the sun rises. <laughs> the sun rises. You're sitting on the beach with your friends. The sun rises. And, and, and before you even think, you're like, you feel a thing. And the thing that you're feeling is the perfection of the universe. And then what you do is you think, God, the universe is perfect. And then after you think the universe is perfect, you might say to your friends, 
this is so beautiful. My God, this is so beautiful. And that's what religion is. Religion is the human approximation of the infinite sunrise that is the never-ending exponential (laughs) expansion of the creative intelligence of the universe unfolding itself into time and so that's what religion is so is organized religion any kind of religion religion. all we're dealing with is like a thing is 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 happening because i feel like if everyone saw it the way you just said it that's one thing but the way most people see it is this organization that's got to be this way and only this way well, I think that what happens... That's where it gets confusing, well, I think. Where it gets confusing is in the mind. So the, so the problem is... Yeah, the, that's what I'm saying, because they brainwash the mind, the people, to believe it should be this way, Judaism, or it should be Catholicism, or it should be Scientology, or it should be whatever this, all, all this other bullshit is. So we have plugs, and it's like, here's a plug. And uh, this plug, you know, I might have like a plug that looks like... I've put one of those stupid like dinosaur like things you can put on a plug to make it look cool for kids, or I might mm. have a plug that's painted green. <laughs> Got a big thing with kids. I'm worried about you. I'm gonna talk to you about that after. Oh, you mean what? I have a, Analogies. Are you are you in some? What do you mean? A big I love thing children. I don't know. But what do you mean you bringing... love children? <laughs> what does that mean? You I love, love children. What does I that love, mean? I love children. Fucking Hollywood's weird gang, and you just heard it, and I just fucking exposed Eleanor for what she is. Oh, Infowars, bitch. I work for. Alex Jones, we did it. There is a pedophile cult in Hollywood, and its core is the comedy store. No, my point is this. Yes. The um, the uh, the, we're looking for 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 access. So when 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 the I know this when my mind responds to anything that it's not familiar with, it begins to judge that thing, and quite often the judgment is negative. And so when people encounter organized religion, as it's called, the first thing that you will begin to think is this is a bunch of fucking bullshit. Yeah. Why are they dressed like that? Why do they have the robes? Why do they have why do they have the wine? Why do they have the thing? Why are they doing the thing? What is the thing? What does it mean? It must be complete bullshit. And on one level, do you know what it is? Complete fucking bullshit. Because it's the paint <laughs> that's been painted on a yeah. plug. But if from like accessing that complete bullshit you can experience the transcendent nature of love in the universe, then it doesn't matter. If I plug my iPhone into the fucking wall, I don't care if it's a dinosaur plug, if it's a green plug, it's a red plug. If the phone charges, it charges. I agree. And so with organized religion, many people are having transcendent experiences that are allowing them to be kinder to themselves and the people around them. Yeah. And many people are having experiences where they are repressed and manipulated and robbed and ripped off. And it leads us to the great Mark Twain quote, which is that religion started when the first con man met the first fool. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I've ever heard that. Mark Twain. Did you make that up? No, it's Mark Twain. I worry about you. That's Mark Twain. So so, I never know if you're fucking with me. I'm or not, not fucking with you. I, okay, I, I'm, I'm gonna look fu- that I will up. tell you if I'm fucking. Look it up. But the, the, so the point is like, so we have these two things working at once. Yeah. Which is on one level, it's like literally like sexually repressed shysters pretending to be connected with the divine who really want to have some kind of like dark sexual magical esoteric control over people because it, it gratifies their ego. And yet, on another level, there are 
aspects of religion where people's identity has been completely obliterated by their connection with the transcendent and they are actually conveying a they're 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 shining into the world light and 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 it's helping the world become a better place these two things are working together at the same time yeah. so the mind will grasp the darkness before the light because evolutionarily it makes more sense to grasp the danger than yes. to grasp the non-danger and so that's where our minds tend to glob onto the thing that I have is a dangerous affair. mind that's it yeah that's it and, and, that, and we all do it's the amygdala and the reason we have the dangerous mind is because it's what's protecting us from getting eaten by bears and tigers and lions yes. and yes. things like that but the reality is that just because the mind is identifying shadow uh, doesn't necessarily mean that the place that you're in is devoid of light because if you were it would be completely dark so yeah. in the same way with religion definitely shadow but definitely light it's just different forms and the way there's different languages like imagine yeah. someone saying to you japanese is the best language okay now and i'm angry Mm -hmm. Like what the fuck are you talking? You're, you're creating a hierarchy of language. Yeah. So in the same way with religion, oh, that's just Japanese. Okay. You don't like Japanese. No. You fucking. Well, I mean, Bobby Lee's Bobby Lee's Korean. I know. My dad fought in that war, so it's probably where it comes from. The Korean War. Yeah. That is nuts. My dad was in Vietnam. He was. Is he a little nutty? Are you asking if he has PTSD? Does your dad have PTSD? I think he does. I think, but either that or he's just a maniac. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like alcoholic. No, 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 we don't. He didn't drink that much, but he just, you know, goes off quick. He's got a lot of anger. Right. You know, a lot of beatings, you know, growing up. He beat you. Uh, I, I didn't get hit as bad as my brothers. So, but he but hit yeah. you. Yeah. Right. So you I never got hit as bad as them, but I definitely was in the mix of that. Man. Yeah, it was, but it was like insane but i think it was you know how he was raised it's like that bill burbett where uh he's like the guy learned his abc's like a b c get off my fucking lo like it's just the anger that they grew up with the different see this is one of the big problems is sometimes people confuse god with their parents and so we think oh the universe hates us, but really what we're thinking is my daddy hates me. And it's like oh, an easy thing to do. I don't do. think my dad hates me. I think my uh, dad loves me. He might not know my name, but he likes me, I think. He just calls me California mm. girl. So mm. he knows I live in California. You love your dad. I do. That's you know I've matters. always called my dad because, we. I mean, my parents split up when I was a kid and I was fortunate my mom's a freaking saint. So I, I'm obsessed with my mom. Like her, I you know, idolize. But my dad is just more like this comedic kind of sperm donor, if you will, uh, that I call for uh, material. You once love in a him. While. You yeah. talked to me about your daddy. He's I've a, called him on speakerphone he's here. He's a typewriter had, salesman. Yes. You love him. And we would laugh so hard talking, telling stupid stories. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Joe Rogan's back. It there's, smells like drugs in here. It smells like, it smells I'm like not sure what. Beer. It smells like spilled beer. But spilled beer. Is this like going back to the projects for you? Like as, a, as far as a podcast studio, I feel bad. Like No. The only okay. thing that's off is the sound. Like the shape there's is perfect. something different. Okay. Yeah. The sound is it's just, it just someone needs to, uh, and it might sound great to the people who are listening. It I might like be our the earphones. Heat. It might be I the like earphones. the heat too. I one, feel like I'm in a sauna. One thing I love yeah. about this podcast studio is you guys really understand. 
understand how important really high temperatures are to producing a great <laughs> podcast because if people if people are too comfortable and aren't sweating and really like overheating then they tend to like it's just not as interesting as yeah. a conference dude how hot is your studio it's like 115 or some shit it's is fuck- it Ro- Rogan Studio emits steam. Yeah. It emits like when the well, com- the new one because I feel like it's yeah. like one of those old school like he throws. I haven't been to the new one, but the old one was nice. The old the one's new one is just fire everywhere. It's, it's like so in hot in it's there. In hell. You're just it feels like you're in hell. We were fire. we were talking religion, but I want to ask you this: Do you believe Do you know in what ghosts? We're saying? Do you know what we're saying? What that there's fire everywhere in your studio? Do you know what that means? No, that what, it's hot. What do you think it means? If you if you had to go back to your Catholic upbringing. Oh, that the devil's there, that it's like Lucifer. <laughs> See? That's so funny. You know what it is? Amazing you know why you brought fire? that up in front of Duncan You know why Trussell. there's fire? Because Joe has been doing this to me for a long time. Doing what? Where he does this blasphemy, and oh. he's going to burst into flames. Blasphemy. Where he talks negatively about our Lord and Savior. Did not. Because he hasn't Didn't accepted him. First Didn't. of all, can I just Didn't bring this it. up? This is I think this is one of the funniest things about <laughs> people who are scared of the devil. I'm not afraid of the devil. Well, in be, fact, I know I'm going I to hell. I can't believe you said that because that's the beginning of every movie about the devil. What? what? I'm not afraid of the devil. I'm not. I want to go there. Got. I say fear of the then, Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Then you get God. That's fear the problem. If you if you really you let the devil in, come on, devil, come in and ravish me. It's like a 1980s horror movie. And then the devil comes in. <gasps> I don't want to Okay, let me like, ask you guys this. Let I just me, like being warm I, I rather want, than I cold. Want, I want to ask you guys this point. and answer it honestly. <laughs> Joe, if the devil was a woman... A beautiful woman. What do you mean if? I thought you already said she was. Well, let's just say, I, okay. I, I think we're, we can say the devil can take any form the devil wants just right. for fun. Okay. So the devil was literally a woman and the most beautiful woman you ever saw. But you knew. I'm just saying in some alternate okay. sci-fi fantasy rudimentary right. dumb universe. You knew. You knew that this was the mother of lies, the source of all evil in the universe. But she is cool as fuck. She thinks you're funny. I can hear you. Would you mm. fuck her? Oh, whoa. Whoa, that's a deep question. First of all, how could you be cool if she's the devil? That's just ridiculous. Ooh, Do I, I not know that she's the I'm devil? Saying, Do I know that she's torturing no, souls? You, I'm saying in this equation, you know. I know. I'm I know not, she's terrible. I'm not saying but how not. could it work. I'm just saying okay. it, it, w- this is the way it is. I see what you're saying. She's got great taste in music. How, how she, are her teeth? Clean beautiful. teeth. She helps you write jokes. Straight. She helps you write jokes. But dude, sometimes she, I like a little snaggle. Gives you a little humility. Oh, that's there. That's there too. But the, the <laughs> point is, like, she lit, she literally like when you get to when you get off stage, snaggle. Not only is she like, like not not in a, an adoration like Fanny embarrassing way. She's respecting your art. But on mm. top of that, she's helping you. She's like, oh, you know what? You should tweak this a little bit. But then on top of that, she is sucking. She could. You just. She's like gonna she's suck. Got, she's gonna suck your cock in a way as though like the the Big Bang was you giving really you a think blowjob. You could get it up for the devil. Yes. If she's if that you hot. Knew, if you knew it was the devil. Yes. Well, would you, how would you justify it? Fucking the devil. Do, if you had a choice, if you had a if choice, she's that hot? I mean, if the devil like, has ultimate power, are you just enjoying pleasure before the devil steals everyone's soul? I mean, he's just diving in. Fuck it, I'm going to get mine because he's going to win anyway. I love the question, and I want to answer it. Because <laughs> the question, here's this the- This is the most fucked up podcast ever. The question I is- I know, this, I was trying to get him to no, talk the about question, ghosts. You, 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 do you guys, na- you could name this podcast, <laughs> Should You Fuck the Devil? <laughs> yes. 
And I and I, I want to fuck the devil. And here's uh, why the end. Yes, don't I think that. I already have. Don't here's, say that out loud. Here's, you said two things out loud that made me so. Scared. No wait, I'm yeah, so yeah. nervous. So scared for your morals. Here's, here's why you should fuck the devil. All right. And here's why you should have unprotected sex with the devil. <laughs> you should fuck my eggs. You're are making dead? no. You're making the devil sound like a man. <laughs> no, no. You should be making like a Riley Reed. You should be Whoa. sounding like a Riley what specific. A Riley Reed style. Like thank you so much. Uh, you should be making the sound of like. Uh, like a, a beautiful, sweet moan. So anyway, my point is this. Here's why you fuck the devil. Because if you don't fuck the devil, then you are saying the universe must not be perfect. And if you think the universe isn't perfect, you already are the devil. And you, everyone, oh, because I said oh. I don't think the, I think the universe is against me, and he said that that means I'm the devil. So that's what you missed while you were on stage. Oh, How'd your set go, by the way? I'm just trying to get out of me being the devil. Wonderful. Good Thank times you. up there. By fucking the devil, you become Christ. <laughs> mm, Jesus. Right. Jesus. Avi. So I mean, nice to have you back. <laughs> it's great to be back. <laughs> Duncan, but let me ask you this. Do you believe so, in ghosts? What? Do you believe in ghosts? Because I, have you seen ghosts here is what my next Have you seen be. ghosts here? I've only had weird experiences like cold you like know. in the in main room, ladies' room, it would get freezing cold. I get terrified in the belly room. You do? You yeah. feel that? Yeah, when the belly room, like I've gone upstairs with people, like where there's no show on, and like, let's just go freak each other out. Oh, that's fucking weird. Room. Do you ever hear? Well, who has uh, Carl LeBeau has this oh. crazy story about sleeping here? Oh, he, yeah, where, where his leg was being pulled? Something grabbed him and dragged him into some chairs. And he told it. Slammed. He told it on this podcast. Yeah. Dude, you guys, crazy. I can tell you two fucking real ghost experiences I've had here if you want to hear. Yes, I want to hear them. And I want you to tell the crawl space joke. Too. I mean, not joke, but when the, story. When we, were you there when the, we, we like accidentally got the crazy guy to run into the crawl space? I feel like you were there, Joe. Was I? I feel like I was trying to, I don't remember, but I feel like it's something I would do to like try to show off to you. I don't remember a lot of <laughs> shit. All right. Man. So like, so before we get to the crazy guy running in the crawl space, the, uh, the one, I, I've had two supernatural experiences here. One of them was I forgot to put Carlos Mencia's name on the fucking sign. <laughs> Mitzi wanted Carlos Mencia's name on the sign. I didn't do it. She comes to the comedy store. I'm here. I'm the talent coordinator. She walks up to me in the rage that only Mitzi can get into. And she it's looks like at me. small terror. She literally says you. to me, fuck you. <laughs> and like I had to like run up to, to, to the office to get some, who knows what, some file for her or something. You know, she was... I, like, her office or your office? My office. All the, the way up, third uh, floor. Uh, third floor. Okay. Because, so, you know, I'm deep in the Spanish Inquisition that is working with Mitzi if she wants to make <laughs> you funny. So right. I'm like, I'm deep in the... So I'm running up the steps. Mitzi's angry at me. And her anger was scary. You yeah. don't, you can't, if you haven't felt it, you can't know what it's like. So I'm like running up the stairs... I, 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 it's not even like oh, I'm gonna get fired. It's like it's like worse than that. It's like it's like you're at the gates of heaven and you're looking at Saint Peter's face. And they're turning you and away. And you're seeing the beginning of him frowning at you. It's like that sense oh. of like pure rejection. So I'm running up to the office. I have to unlock the top door. I have to unlock two doors to get there. Two doors. I have keys. The door that's like oh it, yeah the first yeah the then, first is right. two doors. So I unlock two doors. I get up to my office and. In the office next to my office, the wall starts going like something's pounding Oof, on the wall. Fuck. Like someone's in the other room pounding on the wall. Like someone's fucking hitting the wall. And I'm so terrified. 
that Mitzi's angry at me. <laughs> that that has superseded the fear of like there seems to be some elemental force banging the fucking wall next to you. Can I jump in as a semi skeptic? Oh, How much so. time were you like from the the time the banging happens? How much time before you go out into the hallway? Dude, we're talking minutes. Mitzi's mad at me. I'm running up there and right. I'm running back. But minutes is a long time. So, oh, listen, here's the thing. Occam's razor. Minutes or seconds. Occam's yeah, razor. Some asshole followed me up and banged on the wall. Yeah. But I'm just saying that's probably what happened. But here I'll tell you. St- Were you on edibles? What? Yeah, well, uh, yeah that's right. You Were you on? high? Dude, this was way yeah, before there were no edibles. Chews. So, Do you think there were edibles back then? Yeah, probably. Yeah, but there like, were. I started dabbling. I wasn't like high. The, and okay. also, if I was on edibles, Rick if I'm on so guy. many el- edibles, I'm hallucinating wall bangings. Like, what kind of edible? No, 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 no. Not insinuating that. I'm saying um, it's very possible that uh, someone banged on the door. You just didn't go to where they were for a while, and they ran back downstairs. I'm fully willing. That's, that's all I'm saying. I, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, I hear, no, and I, I have I hear. seen... The lights go out in the main room. I had a full tray of drinks. I was <gasps> right. Uh, uh, Steve Pearl was on stage and he was making fun of Sam Kennison, and it was packed. Whoa! And I'm with a full tray of drinks, putting drinks, and I'm squatting, and I'm uh, Steve. I have my back to him. I'm on the ground, mm-hmm. and he's like shitting all over Sam, saying all this shit, and all the lights go out, and I'm like, oh my god. And then I see Phil, is uh, our sound guy, running through, going up, and I'm like. Oh my God, Phil's not in the light booth. So I panic and I go out and all the other rooms, uh, uh, the lights are on. Everything, oh there's nothing. God. And I'm like, what the fuck? And Steve Pearl is on stage going, Sam, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Put him back on. And the lights went back on and the music was at the highest volume I've ever heard it. Okay. Like the Artie Shaw You sure Shaw wasn't band. Danny just fucking Danny wasn't Steve? there. Phil was the sound guy, but he was <laughs> in the kitchen. He can't, Remember cute Phil with the mm-hmm. long hair? He I came running out. <laughs> you <laughs> probably referred to him as him. cute Phil. <laughs> to everyone who works there. He was there. so sweet. You remember cute Phil with <laughs> the long hair? he was really little. You know, little cutie. <laughs> little cutie Phil. <laughs> when I first showed up, you were like, have you met cute <laughs> Phil yet? I'm like, I'm talking about Joe. Cute Phil is just like, I think he's a dream. I don't think he's real. I just saw his hair like flying. Forget about it. You haven't seen someone in a while and you don't believe in them anymore. <laughs> the back before cell phones and FaceTime. If you didn't see someone for a while, they might not they have ever been exist. real. Yeah, they might right. not have been real. That's how I feel about cute Phil. But wait, forget I about... Just, I don't have a picture of me and him together. I wish I had Couldn't one. be real. We haven't it. talked in forever. I don't it's, even remember his, what his voice sounds like. As cute as he was, you would have had so a photo. Cute. Duncan could just be his voice, like as if he's doing a voiceover, and I wouldn't. Wow. I would have no know. idea. I would say, man, that guy sounds like Duncan. But I think one of the beautiful things that we all are getting to experience with each other, which is a little more terrifying than the potential of there being some hyperdimensional force in the comedy store, is that we're all going to watch each other get old. It's happening already. Yeah, Yeah, right. We're watching each other age. Like, what's really funny is that, like, this is such a family. Speak for yourselves. I have an age. Well, you, that's what's weird weird about you, is you haven't aged at all. Yeah, that becomes her. I'm already dead. I've grown from a child to be almost the cute Phil of the comedy (laughs) store. You'll never be the cute Phil. You gotta be your own dude, bro. (laughs) There was another, um, they say that. I could never be him. No, you can't. They say that the ghost. Well, yeah, we'll change it to cute Rick. He's super cute. Adorable Rick. This is like, Rick is just fucking cute. Amazing. Thank you. You know that girl? Amazing. Amazing. You need, you need, you're a comedian. You mean, you need to meet Rick. But look at Rick's hair. It's He's amazing. So cute. It's like beautiful. I'm going, I'm going Ric Flair 84. 
That's it the looks goal. Good. Yeah. I'll platinum it eventually. Dude, let's be real. This is more Leonard Skinnerd. What you got going on? Yeah. More Leonard. Well, Skinnerd. that's that's just my it's natural roots. Yeah. That's some yeah. Florida. Oh, some Tom Petty. Petty. Alligator yeah. hunter jeans. Some bass player. Dude, you know what it's close to? It's close Tom to like Petty. a judge, like an ancient medieval judge mm. sentencing gotta bring somebody it back there, to like... To, to, Dude, that's a good point. Like he's got regality in his bloodline. Yeah, that's like a royal... Well, you have royal hair. You know, hair. Argus uh, Hamilton does. once told me that the H-A-M at the end of my last name is the same H-A-M at the beginning of that's his last name. That's not how he said it. And he said, Rich... <laughs> Always rich. No idea why. <laughs> rich, you know, the way your last name is spelled. I can't. I can't. It means that you're direct lineage to blue-blooded English nobility. <laughs> and I said, well, now I know. Now I know. Fuck 23 and me. We got Argus Hamilton on the case. <laughs> you can just spot it. Fuck your fancy spit in a tube and all your DNA bullshit. We got Argus Hamilton dropping science. And that's why Damn. that's why guys like you and me, that's why we're noble and guys more blue collar like Dave Taylor. How do you think they got that last name? Because his oh family comes God. from Taylors. I never would have imagined. He, he uh, came to the store one night. As I was pulling in, it was like an early I show, can't. like an 8 o'clock show. I think it was Jeremiah's show. As I was pulling in, he was just coming done from a run. Oh, and man. he had he had ran like twelve miles. <laughs> Usually seventeen, yeah, yeah, something crazy, something crazy. Yeah, and I go, wait a minute, how often do this? Well, every night. Yep. <laughs> they, they don't give me drugs anymore, Joe. You got to match can't, it. I can't do coke anymore. Yep. So I'm just doing this. God, like, wow, man, how much good for you, Argus. Like He's running you know from his demons every night. For, but you know what kind of discipline? I don't give a fuck how many demons you have. You have to actually put those shoes yes. on, and you have to decide to not take a nap. You have to left, right, left, <laughs> yeah. right. You have to decide. I mean. And Argus can do whatever he wants. Older than us. He's a, and he's a grown ass man. Yeah. And that fucking dude is out there running like 12, 15 yeah. miles in, in a sweater vest. Yeah. But wait, can on I the street. I want to throw on the street. I want to throw something out, and you guys feel free to shoot it down. You're all comedians, but let me throw something out here. Does does Argus? Duncan, I am covered in beer because he is. I'm sorry because he made me spit. Does Argus? He does, spilled it on my phone. He spit it at well, me. No, because he like, timed it out on purpose. Well. When I have beer in my mouth. Oh, he did it on purpose. He's Hold a, on. a trickster. But You're looking like a young coming. Ollie Joe Prater right now. <laughs> well, Duncan, there was a guy like you back Trussell. in the 1970s. Ollie Joe Prater. What is Trussell? Is he that was a amazing. real name? Uh, no. Trussell is Eastern Gypsy. <laughs> a lot of people don't realize that. He comes from the line of gypsies that do their own woodwork. What's Kerrigan? <laughs> well... That's obviously an Irish name. It means tramp. Everybody knows that. All Irish names mean tramp. What about her dad? It's her dad's name. So disrespectful. Well, disrespectful. Never met the guy. I think my dad's a tramp too. So I think (laughs) on point. He might be accurate. This is awful. My dad's kind of a whore. This is so awful. Tell your dad. Dad can pick up my newspaper. I'm the sure closest location is the Allen's Park Gazette in <laughs> Pennsylvania. 
It's the 45th highest circulated newspaper in Allen's That's Park. But wait, I want to say this. Does Argus not seem regal to you guys? He is obviously Lord real. Argus Hamilton. Argus is literally regal. He's, he yeah. is. Yeah. When you get yeah. around that guy, he's regal. He feels like royalty. The guy's got... The only other time I've experienced that is I got lucky and I sat next to fucking D Antwoord on a plane. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, and they have, a re, they have a regality. <sighs> like, you felt like you're sitting next to royalty like well it, you know what it is it's they're legit right right like right. there's no arguing whether d antwoord is legit it's like you might not like them but the people that like them fucking love they're them. legit yeah. they're legit yeah they're fucking legit and that's what you feel when you're around argue there's like it, oh i, I agree I you love have a argus. thing for yolandi don't you don't lie who does it like <laughs> if somebody told you they didn't have a thing for yolandi you would be like what's wrong like with you, you and yolandi doing coke in the back of a tour bus and she looks at you I would do anything for her. Anything. I would set buildings on fire for her. <laughs> Duncan. If she told me to set a church on fire, I would. I would go to a church. Well, make sure it ain't Episcopalian. <laughs> <laughs> I'd go to an Episcopalian church with a with the Pope's femur and pour kerosene on it and turn it into a torch My and God. set the mm. church. I would do anything. You would have to do what you got to do. That fucking anything church doesn't mean shit once you're dead. I would do anything for either of them. I do. I would like if they if they started a cult. I'd it join. seems desperate. Yeah, Duncan, for but sure. I like it. But you got to do what you got to well, do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you call it desperate. I call it grace. Oh. Sometimes you just got to bow down. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you just got to bow down. Bow down yeah. to the flame, yeah. Eleanor. One There's day certain you gals. You just gotta I bow down a lot. You resist the flame. I don't. You bow down. Run into the flame. No, you resist the flame of Lucifer. And the moment what? you bow down to Lucifer, Eleanor, is the moment your Duncan, fear will... I knew this. She's Duncan, a podcast was going, we She's brought a it beautiful back. woman. We brought Lucifer. it back. You brought it right back down to satanic <laughs> messages. Stop with the message. Because he is We've satanic. said enough. People are suspicious. <laughs> He's crazy. <laughs> what you did to that poor man what who man? came here that you put in the crawl space... That was. Oh, are you sure Joe, you weren't there, man? Tell Joe I don't what you remember. Did. Here's the thing, man. My hard drive is is done. I'm out of space. There was a <laughs> no, all your no banks more room are for full. Memories. That's so what no, my mom would say. All my banks are full. I can't yeah. get in there anymore. I pay too much attention to too much current shit, and my brain <gasps> cleans everything out. Everything gets washed out. I I can only remember things if somebody brings it up. And then it's like a file. Oh yeah, let me oh, open that up, and is. then I remember all of it. But in try to open it, see if you can open it. There's a lot of shit. Like, don't you feel like there's a lot of shit from like ten years ago? Even that you're like, what? Hell yeah! I, I have no idea. I don't know what my act was. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, yeah, that's I what I was asking like, him about. I sat about down his... with a oh, pen, yeah. and a pad. Yeah. I, I couldn't name half yeah. my bits. Yeah, that's at that point. I could. That point you're making is like a point that gets brought up a lot because what's really fun to realize if you if you if you want to freak yourself out is that you're probably living in a forgotten memory. <laughs> so like whatever's happening. Wait hap a minute. <laughs> So, Joe, play the song. Sit, sit <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Joe. So probably the thing that's probably the things that, that's happening to you, and you're not really going to remember it. Holy so shit! So really, what Duncan. are what are you? You know, I, I've been asking myself that for years. So yeah, Here's the saying thing. it isn't making it. Are any you better. you today, and are you the same you that was seven? No way. Like, what is that? Like, why do we? Why I do we? Why do we make someone responsible seven. for a timeline? Like, at what point in time does someone who's done something terrible, like rob a bank, gunpoint, shoot a security guard, and you know maybe right. he grew up poor? At what point in time 
do we say, okay, that's all right. You're not even that guy anymore. That's right. So the 17 year old yeah. shoots someone. Statue of Liberty. Yeah. Lives especially, 50 years. And especially then... a 17 year old. Because you don't have any fucking control. No, control. Of your no idea. No. The thing is, like, everybody knows that losing someone to a gunshot crime is the worst. You, the har- most horrible feeling. You couldn't imagine the grief and the, the, the idea that this could be prevented somehow or another. Yes. You know, so, like, but just. I don't know, man. I mean, it's all it's all hippie. Like the whole all these ideas that I've been bouncing around. What do you mean hippie? Like hippie? It's like don't you you know what I'm talking about, man? Don't well, you? no. What's funny about me, which I think is probably <laughs> is an identification hippie. of how much of a hippie I am, is that when you're using the word hippie, I feel mildly offended. <laughs> I, I yeah, want you but to it's, feel it's, fully here's offended. The thing, it's, so. like, it's a it's a good thing. It's all hippie. Like, but you have to explain it to people natural. that are skeptical. Like, if you want to talk about, I like the term "woo" better. Woo's good because, like, yeah. hippie is like based on some like '60s cultural. Movie. By the way, P.S. Not really offended, but say like hippies <laughs> based. <laughs> hippies based on a, on a on a cultural movement. I think really what you're saying is that the thing you're you're probably going to put out there is a thing that we have yet to quantify, and because of that, it's woo. Yeah. Well, it's every morning you wake up. You I just take woo. it under consideration. You just assume that you're the same person as the person who went to bed the day before. You wake up from blankness and you start this new day responsible for all the shit you did yesterday. I mean, it's weird. Can responsible I, for all the skills you've learned. You prefer it to all be like Groundhog's you know. Day. No, no, no. Start that's not what I mean. I mean, oh. I mean, just the very act of, I don't know how to play a musical instrument, but there's some things that I know how to do that I forget that I know how to do. Yeah, okay. Like physical things. Joe, you know what John Lilly said about the float tanks? What? He said that every time you go into the float tank and come out, you come out in a different universe. So that when you go into the float tank, you're actually walking out into a new universe. Oh, my God. And well, this right. is like a really cool story. I, I had uh, Zach Leary on my podcast. He was Tim Leary's kid. And he was in a float tank. He and, created it. And LSD. I'm sorry, Zach, for yeah. saying this. No, well, no, no, no. Tim no. Leary, did, he was like a prophet of but LSD. He, oh, okay. so. he was like a. Yeah. Albert Hoffman created it oh, yeah. accidentally. Discovered oh, it. Discovered, yeah. discovered it. So, yeah. so, so, um, uh, so, so Zach Leary is on in, in this float tank at Timothy Leary's house. He was like this prophet of LSD. If you, if you guys haven't heard of him, look it up. It's a great rabbit hole. You'll really love it. <laughs> it the rabbit hole, if you follow it. Do you far have in, to do LSD to. Follow the rabbit hole, or can you just do it naturally? Well, the rabbit hole is made of LSD. Okay. But the main thing is this. Uh, uh, Zach Leary's in a float tank. Sorry. Is in, a, in, 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 in Tim Leary's house, and he comes, he, he's like on ketamine, and sorry, Zach, he's on ketamine in the float, he's on ketamine in the float tank. Why do you keep apologizing? It's like you're a female. Well, no, because I don't know, I don't know if I'm allowed to, I don't know you. if I'm allowed to say that, but he's like, he's, he's like, he's on, in a psychedelic state in the float. What? Do you think he would hide that? No. I don't remember if he said it or not. The right. point is, what does right. it matter? Doesn't the point matter. is, he he comes out of he, he's in this float tank in the basement. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Tim Leary and Ramdas, Ramdas is my teacher. Tim Leary and Ramdas are sitting next to the float tank. These are two, two of the early, the, the the original psychonauts. Zach Leary doesn't know they're there. They don't know Zach Leary's in the float tank. So he comes out of the float tank on ketamine after having dissolved into the universe. Emerges from the floating and looks up, and it's Ramdas, who looks at him and smiles and says, "Who are you now?" <laughs> It'd be tough on the brain. <laughs> what would you do if somebody said that to you when you got out? 
You'd have to really consider it. Yeah, because it's a weird. Who, who do you, you feel are, weird well, when you get out? Yeah, for sure. But who you are is—it's not like maybe not even in the real physical sense—is the universe different? But I think that every time your perception of the universe radically changes, the whole universe itself yes, becomes that's a it. different thing. That's it. Because the way you just without any of the woo-woo, without any, any that's of the bullshit, it, for sure. if you change the way you view your experience here. You change, and if you really believe that it's a blessed gift, if you decide that, you will put out the kind of positive vibes and happy feelings that's going to attract like-minded people, and you literally will live a life that is more blissful and loving and happy. Right. So the idea that like having this idea in your head of who you are now and who you would like to be, and you go in the tank and you work on yourself, then you come out a different person. You are a different person. You are in a different world, but you're only in a different world because every time you vary the way you interact with people and the environment and just, just human beings as a giant multi-celled organism as if we were just a, a huge mass of life every time you do it and make it a positive experience it changes all the Everything. interactions all the ripples oh. from those people out that's why we feel bad about ripples that we've caused like when you look back in your life you think about ripples that you caused that you could have avoided like oh i was being a yeah. dick i could have avoided that me you know maybe i should have i was defensive maybe i should have talked right. to her differently maybe i should have told him you know what happened first so that he could like ex you know there's all these different things that happen when a, a ripple of bad comes when yeah. you want to correct but a ripple of good just makes you want to figure out how to get there again. But right? let me – so this thing that you're saying, like, so this is one of the things that I, I'm learning right now that, that, that they teach me is that uh, – so what you're saying is, okay, so – I'm just totally spitballing, right? No, it's beautiful, just, but we so, – so the ripple of bad. So what he's talking about is karma. So yeah. So, so the idea is like – Right, ideas, without labeling it, right? With everything you do, you plant a seed. And and the seed will grow. And so sometimes, so for example, if like, let's say when I'm like a kid, I bully another kid. And that kid, when I'm 23, because I'm a dumbass and I bully this kid, I'm looking for a job. But it just turns out that kid runs the bank that I'm looking for a job at. And when I run into that kid, that kid remembers I'm the guy who bullied him and I don't get oh, the job. Man. So that's karma. That's called karma growing into – that's karma – that's right. the fruition of karma. So um, but here's where it gets really cool, which is this. The question is that you everyone must ask themselves is, is the universe perfect or is the universe imperfect? I think the universe is perfect, which means that when we feel guilt about the negative karma that we've spread into the world, what we're really thinking is this must be an imperfect universe instead of understanding that we exist in a series of infinite processes. We're a process. There's a mm. process that's happening, which means that we do bad things. We do good things. We decide this is bad and this is good. But the reality is it isn't bad or it isn't good. It's just a happening. <laughs> right, right. That's it. So so what we do is the moment a thing emerges, we're like, oh, man, oh, I'm such a fucking asshole. When my mom was dying, I went on tour as a comedian. I should have been with her by her bedside when she was dying. And there's a lot of sentiment and guilt involved there. But the reality is, is like when you hear about a black hole in space that has literally sucked stars into it, do you think to yourself, oh, God, 
that evil black hole that it sucks <laughs> stars into it. No, you just think, whoa, holy shit, that's fucking amazing that, that happened. Yeah. And yet somehow when it comes to ourselves and the little things that we've done and the very flickering amount of time that we exist in the universe, after getting shot out of a pussy, we say to Wait ourselves, you, you fuck. You haven't seen it. It's not. It's definitely not a shot. No, no, definitely. It's a, slow it's a crawl. very slow. Yeah. Oh, the, br- the, the, ooze. the oozing, crawling, ex- like primordial swamp. <laughs> Which is a better a thing a metaphor easy, for life, easy for really. you to just say it. Slow like ooze. I like you're you're offending Eleanor's womanhood. <laughs> Listen, I got to say this. I like. I didn't use that I part like, of it. I like. So it's fine. I like saying getting shot. I like saying shot out of a pussy. It just sounds funny. That's oh, awesome. you're not t-shirts. I don't think. I don't think, I don't think we. I don't think that's really it's how it works. I don't think babies rock it out of I figured you never looked into it. All I'm saying is the point is give yourself a fucking break. So, I, so I mean, you when really, I put, you could just say give yourself a break. I, you didn't have to go around that whole. When I put something negative out into the universe, you're saying that's I'm just serving the purpose that up. I serve. What, what we're saying oh, yeah. is because the universe is perfect. I'm saying I'm saying yeah. I'm saying like you. That's exactly it. Which is the idea is the the thing that's happening is the way, and if you and whatever's happening, if you want to like think that in the 13.7 billion years the universe has existed your <laughs> tiny little fucking neurological computer is comprehending this in a way that you can understand whether it's good or bad then my guess would be that's, a, that's a little bit of a delusion that's all i would say i would say that more than you don't my, think i'm important in the grand scheme of time in the universe all i want to say to you, you are you are if you're you not negative are. if you are to you if you are to other people you are but are you relatively if you had to, if you had to take into account all the life forms on the planet, all the planets in the solar system, all the all the solar systems in the galaxy, all through time, probably not. No, I would say, not. I'd say I'm top fifteen. But I, I, here's what I would say to you, Rick. That's confidence. This is what I'd say to you. I would say, rich. That's that Roy Gallagher. Yeah. Rich, rich. You, you're rich. You and me, buddy. We're the only ones that matter. In the when top I run 10. seventeen miles, I think about your set. We're in the top ten, Rick. <laughs> He came up to me the other night. He goes, "You know, I've been trying to be nice to you for years, just so you stop making fun of me." <laughs> did he oh, say that? Did he say that? No. Oh my god! Nothing I better. Laughing, like, what did you do? Did you abandon the bit? No. no. He's been doing it right now. <laughs> he literally did the bit when right he, now. No, Duncan, you guys were here. Softballs. But it was uh, Sammy Shore's 90th birthday, and he went on stage oh, no. and ripped Argus. And everyone oh. else. First of all, what happened was Eric Griffin went up before oh, me. Oh yeah, yeah. And this Sammy Shore's birthday was just a complete Nobody, disaster. They don't know it was Sammy. Sammy and like forty friends of his from the nineteen twenties or whenever he was around. <laughs> right. And then they sold tickets. Polly put together a show and sold tickets. With like Jessel next. Mm. So there's like a hundred random twenty six year olds who have no idea what's going on or why people are just talking about this old dude. Right, right, right. And so before me, Eric Griffin went up and he did some bits and the crowd kinda liked it and the people who were there for Sammy are just like, What is this, a comedy show? <laughs> so then he started talking about Man, but you're old school You probably used to hit Mitzi And everyone was just like, what? Oh, no And so then Paulie was hosting He's like, dude, how fucked up was that? He's talking about my dad hitting my mom and shit And so then when I went up there <laughs> it I got thought, worse. I said, listen, I'm not doing comedy This is fucking weird And so I was talking about what was going on And how Sammy fucked up his relationship with Mitzi by cheating on her and how that made it so that Mitzi created this great place and so so many male yeah. comedians had a place to cheat on their girlfriends <laughs> or wives 
Wait, I want to interject. I want to interject because I'm allowed to do this, I think, because of the the type of person I am. So let me get real cheesy. And also let me get to, I'm going to say something now that you guys may actually need to edit out. I'm a little drunk. And I'm going to say a thing that like might be editable. So you have to. Well, wait, wait, don't do that then. If you think that you don't want to have it on. Yeah, what is it? I, mean, I feel compelled to say it. Is it bad or I it's mean, good? Feels okay. good. It's it's in defense of Argus. I just yeah. want to say a thing oh, about. We oh, we love Argus. Oh, we love Argus. I know you guys do, but I oh. just want to. Th- I want. We I wanna, only roast the ones we. I love. I want to say a thing to amplify Argus's regality. Is mm-hmm. all right. <laughs> okay. So 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 when when Mitzi was 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 beginning to get sick, she um, which is a real tragedy in the world of comedy that pro- I don't think it's going to get documented. In the way it should be, but when well, she we, we've already um, we've talked about it so many times on the podcast. I think the word is out. I think it would be great if somebody did an actual documentary, a real one, like yeah. A, but yeah. when when that I agree. Was, but when that was happening, there was a lot of problems that were happening, which is that that we we what we have here is like a, a, a very potent uh, artist who is starting to get sick. And, uh, and and we're having to deal with that as a family. And so there's right. a, it's problematic because Mitzi needs to be taken care of. But she is a gangster. She's and, the queen, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. a gangster doesn't want to get, get it taken care of. And so this moment happened, which was that Polly and me and Argus, I think Peter was there. We had to go to Mitzi's house. And we had to talk to her about how she needed to get a nurse. Oh, yeah, I was there. You were there. You and were there, Eleanor. James Price, for James no reason. Price. Yeah, James. James. He got kicked out. And what uh, Argus and Pryor, did. His wife, yes. Jennifer. So this is, a real, this is like too. a really intense moment. Because we all, no matter what, man, if you're a comedian, you're going to fall in love with Mitzi. And you're going to want her to be okay. Yeah. And so in this moment, as we're all talking to Mitzi, it's an intervention where we're saying you need a nurse. Argus, and it was I, I, when I say it, it's going to sound so cheesy. And no, this is a comedy podcast, but what Argus did was he literally got like as though you're proposing. He got on a knee, and he said to her, "Do you remember that, mm-hmm. Eleanor? Yep. He got on a knee like a knight, and he said to her, Mitzi, we love you. We want to help you. We want to help you.'" And he became at that moment the voice of all of us. And the way he like addressed her, he had was a different cere- relationship. It with was ceremonial. Yeah. It was just perfect. What he did was so brave and perfect and full of love. Yeah. That no, none of us could have done that. And he calmed her down because she had just flipped out on Pryor, yeah. who brought up the fact yeah. that uh, Richard fell and broke his hip. Yeah. And she was like, "Get out!" Yeah. It was. It was so cool to see because at the time I was too dumb. To understand who Mitzi was, but he wasn't. Yeah, he knew, and he knew yeah. all of us. He knew mm. all the bullets. Yeah. We're too dumb to like know how to talk to her and do. So anyway, I'm just saying. I saw that. I'm not saying stop doing the impression. It's the funniest fucking thing I've ever heard. Oh, he's gonna keep doing it. <laughs> I, I love it. But I'm Ar- just saying. I, just, I don't do it like I, I used to, but I, I'll do it on the podcast. It, he's just old Argus school. Story. Argus is old school, man. He's yeah. been here for a long time, but it's really we cool do to Argus see or that. Tommy. Which one do you well, want? Tommy. Well, <laughs> I'm back. Okay. Never. Look, never make fun of Tommy. Well, if I could say anything to you, it's never make fun of Tommy. What do you think of the world uh, Duncan, is, Tommy? Well, he's got his own thing, okay? It's a different parallel, but <laughs> oh his beats are right, okay? Oh what about uh, Joe? What do you think of Joe? Well, you know, Joe's thing is, you know, he's Joe, okay? And he knows who he is. 
And just right now, I just don't know if we need him around the club. Okay? Wait a minute. <laughs> that's exactly Tommy, that's what a he terrible thing. He to doesn't. Well, uh, <laughs> you know, what, what's he bringing? Okay. Uh, a lot of things. Well. Uh, <laughs> But wait, Tommy, he literally paid for the new sound system yes. for the original room. He paid. It's not just that, though, okay? No, no, it is just that. that he, is, he gets exactly. laughs, okay? But this is Lots a college, okay? <laughs> Joe's graduated, okay? Paid, I think he paid over $10,000 for the, the sound uh, system of the OR. It's not about money, okay? You stole $10,000 from here. You didn't. It's not about stealing money, okay? Mitzi but, told me, Cookie. Take what you earn, okay? <laughs> cookie! A cookie. Well, it's oh not God. just that. That's what she called That'd be great if he like, came up with words you know she would never use. You know, what? Yeah. <laughs> what did you say? The slappy? Wow. Well, That's what she hey, always slappy. called him. Hey, Captain. Where she is, said where, to me. Where is he? He's hey, back, Captain. apparently. Hey, Captain. He was on an she island. She called you Captain? But he's mm. he's apparently back because he's running a room again or something. Oh, yeah, when yeah. I met Mitzi in like 1994, you know, I it was one of the most nervous I've ever been in front of someone watching me do stand up ever. Yeah, because yeah. it was like if I do good, I could get on stage at the comedy store all the time. Right. Like I just moved here from yeah. New York, and I was like, if I do this, even though I was you already terrified. had a TV show and you yeah. already had wow. That's I came insane. out here. I was on TV already. I was super lucky. Hardball, right? Yeah, or something like yeah, yeah. That. I remember that it. show. And uh, all I was thinking is, I got to figure out how to be a paid regular. That's, That's all I was thinking. I did non-paid regular. I was a non-paid regular. I'd go up every night. I'd be here seven nights a week. I'd go up very last. Whoever's there, whoever's there. Yes. I'd go up after Mencia a lot. Ugh. I went up I mean, yes. after a lot of people, like one thirty in the morning. Because it's Eddie. Because back then, yeah, yeah. You're Eddie would do two Eddie hours if he wanted Carlos. to. Yeah. Everybody else would leave. Sometimes even Dice would do two hours. Mooney. You go on stage, just three people in the audience left. I did that every day. I didn't have any friends, so I just came here every day. Yeah, that's what I did when I first showed up, too. Yep. That's and, amazing. And, I didn't yeah. realize you did that the whole when, year. When I went up for Mitzi, Duncan was the talent coordinator, <laughs> and I... I had tried to, to stop it. I had, she, to, uh, I had to perform. No, she as would a, fire uh, people. Yeah. She would fire door guys. Of course. So they told me, you know, she has this lineup of people she's watching, and then we're going to put employees up by who's been here longest. You're probably not going to get to go up tonight. I was like, all right. And then maybe 30 minutes later, they're like, we can't find anyone. You're up next. And I was like, what? Like, I hadn't prepared anything. I was all like yeah, flustered. That's it. And then I went up, and I, I did. Okay, I wasn't good by any means, but she liked how stupid I acted at the beginning of the set. And then I walked off, and she called me over, and I was like, "Oh shit!" And then she was like, "You know, gave me the whole where are you from? Oh, that's good. Blah blah blah. You need to work out more." I'm like, "All right." And then I walked out, took my position back at the back door. Then Duncan walked out, and he was like, "Hey man, you did great. Uh, Mitzi wants to pass you." And I was just like, <laughs> "Dude, Duncan's fucking with me again." And- <laughs> And Wait, you know like, what she said to me though when she said she's gonna pass you i never told you this you know what she said to me no so what she said to me was after she breathed your set, fire no she didn't breathe fire she leaned into me and she said this to me she said oh he loves the light bringer the one who was and will be again wait a minute <laughs> I never told you that no what are you saying man she said she leaned into me and she said <laughs> He loves the father of darkness. <laughs> yeah, that the makes sense. The thing that is and will always be. <laughs> the thing we must... I doubt Mitzi said that to you. <laughs> Mitzi would always get mad if you do jokes about old people. Oh, yeah. I remember we... Like I, old people I, jokes. That's why I remember watching Fat James 
go up and do is Alzheimer's, any of that? You mention it? You ever yeah. see these old ladies at Subway doing wait, the old lady I shuffle? Got it. The, the dumb, stupid satanic joke I just did, yeah. the redundant satanic joke, I do have to replace it just because really what you're saying, like she saw me. <laughs> Duncan, you're wait, a fucking mess wait, right you're, now, just saying, and I like, love it. I'm just saying like you, you're saying like she saw this dumb thing you did. Yeah, she told me she liked me right from the beginning because I do the stupid thing. I where just want to replace it. The stupid okay. thing I just want to say is she saw that you were a comedian. I guess, yeah. She Aww. didn't. She didn't see. Oh, he did some dumb thing. Duncan, you're very up, apologetic up. lately. I didn't worry about you. Apologetic? I don't think it's apologetic. I didn't believe that no. I was made a paid regular until they called me to get my avails. That's she, how much I thought Duncan fun- was fucking with me. She knew you were funny. She didn't think like, oh, he did a dumb thing in the beginning. She looked at you and she yeah. thought, that's a comedian. Did he you have look. to showcase more than once? Yeah, yeah. Become... I showcased a second. The, the guy who saved me was the Todd. Oh yes. The, the Todd hooked me up. And he told me that I should do this to other comics in the future. So I did it to a bunch of other comics. This is what you would do. When Mitzi would showcase people, you'd sit right next to Mitzi and laugh your ass off. Yeah. Oh, yes. Especially, Certainly. I did it for Chris McGuire. I did it for a bunch of friends that you I had You know what's funny? Here. Didn't we but just did do that in front of Adam for Jerron Horton? Well, he was just funny. Yeah, but he was showcasing. Yeah, so we sat next to Adam to like I, laugh. It's kind of like yeah, funny how I still think that. Like, I totally would do yeah. that for Jerron, but I believe that was organic. But can I oh, say totally that, killed but that, it? But what we, that is, it's your natural instinct, is what I'm saying. Like sit in that row, laugh, and it. I just want you guys to know. Good I just want you to know okay. something about her. Shush it. You want to think? Wanna... I'm sorry, Joe. For okay. I'm sorry. That's sorry. Okay. You want to think that you manipulated her? No. By, she no, just. No, 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 no. She knew. If comedians were gathering right. around her, oh, no, that's one hundred percent. Sorry, I'm sorry. Forgive no, me, that's one hundred percent. But it also prevented somebody from you, sitting next yeah, that's to her the and talking to she her. She wanted not letting she, Ahmed ruin a set. She wanted to know that real comics who see this person all the time respect that's this it. guy yeah. right. or this girl. That's it. That's right. That we laugh and that we're there in yes. vocal yes. support and physical support. We're yeah. there and we'll sit in the back because we. There's very few things in a comics career that are more important than getting passed as a professional Agreed. at the comedy store. That's right. I mean, Agreed. it could be anything. I mean, you can you can launch. I mean, things can happen to you. You can really be a real top flight professional comedian if you get passed as a paid regular at the store. Yeah, doesn't mean it's going to happen. So that's a that's a giant pressure filled moment. And there's like one of us that we like really like and know and we see all the time. Yeah. We know they're good. Yes. That's when you sit next to Missy. You're not right. tricking her. I'm not saying you're tricking I'm her. Sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, you're, you're right. You got it's it. putting I'm positive sorry. vibes what, in yeah. the room. The Todd told me that's what his name was. He was like on MTV way back in the Lemish. day. Todd Lemish. He was a really nice guy. Yeah. I love the Todd. And went he, crazy. He goes, I'm, he goes, I'm going to sit next. He goes, you're really funny. I'm going to sit next to Mitzi, and I'm going to last my fucking ass off. And he goes, and you're going to become a paid regular, and then you'll do this to other people. And, I, and I went, whoa. I said, okay. And then here's what's sad. He um, had a mental illness after that. He had yeah. some sort of a, a real physical yeah. issue where he, he lost his mind in a, a really bad way. Yeah. A really bad way. Where he, he was just. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you serious? Yeah. That's when he was throwing the glasses and hiding in the wall. Wait a minute. Who gave him a lobotomy? I don't know. And his fat, he had partial lobotomy. 
Yeah. When did they stop Dude. doing it? I thought they stopped he's, doing that in like the he's 90s. He's scared, You're the right. scariedest After that is I've when ever they started been talking as about Argus gave him the Hold lobotomy. on, let's not talk over each other. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me, what, what, when did he get a lobotomy? Uh, it was in the 90s, and it, or the late 90s, and he was here. Um, he, I believe he had the surgery out here uh, because his family was very, very wealthy. Why would they give him a lobotomy? I don't. It was a partial. It wasn't a... What the fuck is that? No, I, because they didn't like remove everything. Yes. I just have to say this because it's so sad because one of the hackiest jokes ever, and it's funny, the talent coordinator, coordinator of the comedy store became literally one of the hackiest jokes is, which is, I would rather have a bottle in front of me than a partial lobotomy. <laughs> yeah. Duncan. I might have to get you a job as the talent the coordinator sc- again. The scaredest I've ever been as an adult was... This is what Todd would do. This is where he went. I so believe he passed. One now. night, his mom showed up when I was a doorman early my early 20s. And she was like, my son's Todd. He was a comic here. Uh, he has some mental problems now. But sometimes when he gets lost, he comes back here. Like this is his safe space. Oh, right. my God. And so I was so just like, okay. So he on the patio. Yeah, and I, I just... I didn't know about him. All I knew was that he used to sell Coke in the 80s and 90s. And he was like friends with all the Coke guys, Robin and Kinnison. And I was just like, all right. And then four or five hours went by and I didn't think anything about it. What year are we talking about? It's like 2003. Wait a minute. He was still around back then? He was, his family. This was the only time I ever saw him. So they would go back and forth from Philadelphia. He came back. Mm -hmm. How long was he gone before he came back? Uh, I don't know that. That was the only night I ever saw. He had that that. surgery. He had all that happen. Yeah, I remember it way earlier than that. It was my memory all fucked up. No, I think you're fine. He was crazy. He was already gone. It was already gone. He was already yeah. So way past. But I don't remember him coming back. I think it was a one night. He showed up for one night. Oh, and Don Barris. He was hanging out with Don Barris. And Don Don. lost him. Yeah. Do you know what I think? I think that's the perfect way to end this podcast because it's (laughs) a B. It's cool. Let's just end it now, dude. He that guy got me into the store. No, he really did. He's one of my favorite people. Yeah. At the end of the night, I had to go turn the power off backstage in the main room and I walked back there and back then there were never shows going on so it was just dark but I had to shut the power off so I walked into the green room and I turned the light on to go hit the switches and there was just a dude standing in the corner (laughs) facing the corner like Blair Witch style? Blair Witch style. And I literally went so fucking, and my heart know started like, pounding. Know he didn't know him. I went running back into the office. I'm like, dude, there's some fucking come guy. To the, come to the comedy store. It's a great place. We have shows. How many shows in the OR now? Two shows The thing is, night? man, you could have gone straight Florida and kicked him in the dick. You, you, <laughs> that might have happened too, right? You might have just started wailing on that dude for no reason. Oh. And scared that he's a demon. Dude. I, that could have happened. Sam Kennison, he sacrificed a cat on the roof. Oh, <laughs> oh, it was terrible. Right. You know remember that, that bit? What? No. Which is it? Sam Kinison sacrificed a cow? No, he did it. A cat. Oh, a cat? cat? Oh, like Crest Hill, right? Oh, wait. No. You know, Mitzi did say that to me once. <laughs> it was me. Don't get serious. Sam Kinison. I thought, I thought that was and public. I thought that was public knowledge. <laughs> the cat couldn't handle its cocaine. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. wait. Cat it's was possible. Is that not public crying knowledge? Crying like a bitch. Mitzi said a lot of things to He me. did yes, a thunder did. bump that but night. One, one of the, he lost seven one of, of his one nine of the, lives. One of the things she said to me that I remember that I'll never forget <laughs> is she said to me, and, she, and, and, and obviously, man, knowing her and knowing all of you, she could easily be fucking with me just for no reason. Yeah. Right. But one thing she did say to me was, oh, Sam Cantonson, he sacrificed a cat on the roof. <laughs> on a hot tin roof? It was a good cat. 
Damn. Damn. Well, you know, Sam Kinison had a traumatic brain injury. It's very likely he did a lot of fucked up things. You think he, he went on the roof of the himself. comedy store yes. with a cat? Was that when yes. he got hit by yes. the car? It's, it's entirely possible. Yeah, he got hit by a car when he was a, was kid, a kid and yeah. completely changed. Wait, wait, you His think Sam Bill Kinison was his... on the roof and cut a cat's throat on the roof of the I comedy think, store? I, I would have passed him. I think four if, days awake, maybe. If you're if you're on a coke bender and yeah. you've had a traumatic brain injury, I mean, who the fuck knows? Is it to say it's definitely what happened absolutely not who knows yeah but is it to say that it's completely outside the realm of possibility i don't think it is yeah you know the other thing she told me once right <laughs> i agree yeah. she very, got, definitely you know possible. she got i don't remember the comedian's name but you know she got robbed by a comedian yes i do know his name yes and one thing she said and she to, still gave him spots no one thing she said to me was she knew <laughs> she's a fucking man she, she what she would say is like i knew it was him oh my god but i knew he needed the money yes. so i let him have it Dude. so i just gave it to him but i gave him 10 15 in the main room it was great he killed it yeah having that lady give That's you the crazy. fucking thumbs up is like one of the greatest things that can happen in show business i didn't even give a fuck that was on tv i was like it's yeah. gonna be a paid regular at the comedy Dude, store my moment thing. was god, ruined by store. duncan trussell what <laughs> Your mom was ruined? No, my oh, moment. Oh, oh. Mitzi whoa, whoa. giving me praise because I was like, no, this dude is definitely just fucking with me. It took like three oh, days for I me. Fu- to- I, I'm sorry about that. It was a, weak- <laughs> no. it was a weakness. I should have done that. It's all in his own head, man. Yeah, you can't I don't, apologize for I don't think you were actually you- fucking with me because she did actually pass me. But I just thought like, because I was the new young guy, I'm like, oh, I bet Ari put him up to this. Like the time I told fucking, um, you know, what, God damn it, it's Al Madrigal. Once I told Al Madrigal, <laughs> and I just wasn't even thinking about it. Once I told Al Madrigal, because he was like going Because you never thought he'd amount to He was going on tour with Freddie. Al Madrigal was going on tour with Freddie uh-huh. and I was joking I was just totally joking with Al and I was like dude you know what we call Freddie right and I was like what and I'm like we call him worm finger <laughs> and he's like what does that mean what do you mean and I'm like because when he's on tour with comics he tries to like finger their butthole <laughs> and like I was just joking I was just joking <laughs> but he thought it was serious Al's such a literal person <laughs> he, I, he, he, like, he told he told Freddie I think he told Fred, and Freddie came to me at one point. He's like, "Dude, why did you say I finger people's buttholes?" On so the ridiculous. That sounds. That so sounds like something you would say. Worm. You're just such for such an idiot. Worm finger. Just idiot is the right word. <laughs> That's so funny. Do you remember what Mitzi would say if, if, like, when people would ask for the lineups? The like, if managers or agents would ask for the lineup, she'd go, "No, they're gonna try to steal my jams and jellies." <laughs> They're gonna take my jams and jellies. Uh, They're coming to take my jams and like jellies. She just wanted to keep them here. Uh, the beautiful woman, beautiful yes. woman, man. Mitzi was the smartest in terms of like the sink or swim developmental process for comedians. Yes. Yeah, she'd take totally. all all the comedians that have talent and you put them on after murderers. You yes. just go on after murderers and you don't get good spots and you better make the most of these good these spots that you get. Yeah. You're gonna go on after headliners. Yeah, and you really shouldn't be going on after them. No, I would and watch she did so everybody. many. Everybody, yeah. right? She did yeah, to everybody. Did it to me. I had a conversation with her. She goes, I always know where to put you. <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah. yeah. And I said, if it was, I, I was just telling her that it wasn't for her and like being here, like how important it was to me. She was just starting to get sick. It was like before it really started to go south. Yeah. And we had that conversation. I'll never forget that. I always know where to put you. <laughs> but it's like, true. Uh, I would watch like the Sebastians. Oh, yeah. Just sink, sink, sink. Just go sink after terribly. murderers. Yeah. I watched Sebastian 
going after Joey Diaz so many times when Joey Diaz was just leaving like these nuclear hot zones. You couldn't even go near. (laughs) No way. You couldn't even stand in the same part of the stage for like 10 minutes. Hit him back up. Like, what the fuck do you do now? What just happened, man? And Sebastian's like, you ever go to Voss or Ross, dress for (laughs) less? Ross. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, what is yeah. it with those people? And people be like, wait, wait, wait. We just what? A, a yeah, guy that, was just that guy last guy was so yeah. real. What I just is, saw the Cuban was, egg roll. Yeah. I don't even know he what you're saying. He actually buddy. pulled his dick out. Yes, he did. <laughs> I, I'd always be putting a drink down pulled perfectly his in the front. Out? Uh, this guy. <laughs> and he's uh, another example of a guy who went through that fire and became steel. Oh yeah. Fucking, yeah. He just went through that fire and like I missed it too because I wasn't here. When I came back in 2000 and I guess like 14, that's when Sebastian was fucking just launching. Launch. He was yeah. starting to be gigantic. And I remember seeing him on stage going, whoa, he made it work. He made it all work. That's right. Like wow. he just, he figured out his persona. He's so loose and... It's like you know, like guys be, or girls or anybody. They they sometimes people be, they find this weird Harlan Williams type groove. Yeah. It's like oh, he could just say like Mitch Hedberg is one of the greatest of all time at a- it. Agreed. He, just, yes. he had a groove where mm-hmm. he was just fucking funny. Yeah. He even but if you said the shit that he said, it wouldn't be nearly as funny. No but with way. him, yep. it's perfect. Yeah, he's one of the examples I have yeah. of comics who are so good and. I almost got to hate them because so many people tried to mimic yeah. it, yeah. yeah, and they were terrible at it. Atel was you a just big can't one. Him. Atel was a big one. In the one. beginning, everybody in New York was Atel for a while. There was oh, a oh, whole I thing where we would go you... back. No, not Atel. Per, him. Yes, yes. But we would go back to New York, and every time we'd go back, everybody would be. Like, to be Did him. you ever know this is all the They they had that Atel now, rhythm. Yeah. Like, yeah. Whoa, this is crazy, guys! Like yeah. you guys, and they would even t- change their voice to mm-hmm. sound like Dave Atel. Yeah. And you're like, hey, man, you can't do that. You can't be like, a tell. You got to be you. I mean, even with your That's own right. material, this is still some slippery shit. Like, yeah. it's one thing to like test it out as an open micer. You don't really understand what you're doing. You're trying right. to figure out your voice. You accidentally sound like somebody else, but to like, to sort of cultivate that. Like, hey, that's yeah. that's kind of stealing. Yeah. Right, you sat. You know Taking what he sounds essence. like. Yeah, you know what he sounds like. You know exactly. Yeah, you know exactly what he yeah. sounds like. If you've heard yourself more than once, and you sound exactly like that, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, dude. But I must say this. I must <laughs> say this. Duncan, I was coming up with you when you were me mentoring happier. me, Joe. Being around your stand-up and then getting on stage and trying and not sounding a little bit like Rogan. Oh yeah. Just so you know, man, it's not just an easy thing to do because you're around someone who's like a really great comic. And you're crushing, up yeah. to and them. He's crushing and it's impacting you. So it's like these people. I would not call it stealing in any more than like if a if a if a if a baby. If you're conscious of it. If I a think. baby starts acting like it's daddy. Right. You're not like, you're stealing your daddy. You're just looking I at think it. in the beginning, for sure. Yeah. But if you're Another conscious baby. of it, if you're a working professional and you're conscious of this pattern that you're borrowing from yeah. another comic and you're doing it on purpose, it becomes plagiarism. I That's completely plagiarism, agree. but, but yeah. I'm just saying like you can't. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't right. have to right. be. The point is like when you we're- You never like, sounded like me, though. Like There was never a moment where you were like on like, stage talking is that Joe or Duncan? like no. me. You've always had your own yeah, vibe. Yeah, I've like, heard that. No, no, no. I know, but I'm saying like the point is like if, you, if, you, if you're like- I think in nature, 
humans are adapted to like look at a thing that's doing well and try to act like it. Yeah, yeah. Sure. you know what I mean. I'm that guilty of it. We all. Are. Yeah, we all. We, are. And, we, yeah. and then there's a there's also like a nurturing that I think is very important about stand up. I think as long as we're really ethical about the ideas, yeah, yeah. And which really, I mean, we had have had a few issues over the course of the 20 plus years I've been here. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, like the ethical fiber of stand up comics, professional stand up comics, is really, really, really good. Yeah. Because we're the yeah. only ones that police ourselves. I think it's gotten ourselves. a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's no other art form where you don't have any legal recourse. Right. Every other art form, whether it's literature, whether it's music, people steal. They steal your images if you're doing logos and designs. If they steal that and try to sell it, you can take you them to court. Them, yeah. there's, no one's ever done anything. And there's so many examples of com- – but the one thing that happens is they get shunned. Yeah. yeah. And when they get shunned, when they get shunned by, by other comics, uh. that is a – there's, there's some penance to pay before people let you back after that one. That's brutal. one of the darkest ones. You could bomb, man. You could have a bad set, you know. And people go, "Man, we went to see Eleanor. She's fucking whatever. She's Wait didn't connect." Okay, okay. <laughs> Rick <laughs> went Thank to see you. Rich. Rightly so. Went to You're see Rich. Rich. <laughs> Rich was just stumbling around on stage, pretending to be me. Wasn't funny at all. <laughs> he wishes. Hey, motherfucker! <laughs> I ran 18 you, miles today. What you do, faggot? You'll never be this regal. That's why the H A M is at the end of your life. Can you imagine if he said faggot? Can you imagine if he said faggot? I just start smoking weed and just go, man. I don't give a fuck. I gave up. Fuck I got Rich no more anger. fucks. I've been fuck. thinking. I've been thinking about talking about all the fuck dick, Rich anger. all the dick I slang Rich in the '80s. He'll never be made. So anyway, I'm gonna go. Okay, I'm gonna Me go too. I have to go no on. Cold dip. Wonderful uh, time it's talking good, though, to you, man. folks. Definitely don't air condition this room. Yeah, no shit. You need more fire, more yeah, hell. Yeah, heat it up. Well, we're so close to the lava. <laughs> I mean, the earth magma the mantle. Right there. The mantle's very thin. It's just me that I throw heat. That's what yeah. happens, guys. So if you can't deal with women being Lucifer, happy international. Do you have anything to plug? Joe, you want to plug your podcast? Love Joe. Joe, we can get you 200. Listeners, easy. Live with happiness. <laughs> Go from your mind to your heart. Talking, that was creepy. <laughs> we didn't even get the cross space. Thanks, guys. Come to the Thanks comedy for listening. store. Thanks for listening. Peace.